Welcome, everyone, to episode 18 of the Thumbstick Athletes Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Eric. I'm Will. Corey. Hey, we're all here. Wow. It's a nice feeling. Uh, today, was a, it's going to be episode one of our fall games preview. Uh, we'll talk, we ha, you know, we're all, all been busy and stuff. Can't wait to catch up with Eric because Eric obviously hasn't hasn't been here because of the, the move and stuff. So uh, that'll be during during our weeks. Um, our, yeah, our fall games preview episode one. We're going to be covering the games that we uh, we each picked like five or six games that we wanted to wanted to talk about today. Um, fall games preview part two tomorrow. That's like the or tomorrow. Yeah, next week. That'll be the maybe releases that we'll talk about for. They may come out this year. They may get delayed another year. Who knows? It's hard to tell anymore um, that's only sort of accurate dan what considering my games uh do not have release dates that's fine i mean like i said the, the these games are games we wanted to talk about yes so that could probably come out this year but maybe next year does anyone have anything you want to tease for later on in the episode um not necessarily anything new for me but i did play halo reach uh-huh. with my nephew while he was here as well as um Gears of War 4, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I downloaded the new Madden to the trial, but I have not played it yet. I'm hoping, depending on what time we get done tonight, I might try it. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Corey, anything new? Will, anything no- new? Nothing new, but uh, a couple different things. I I played Guild Wars 2 briefly. Oh, man. I don't know if you started playing, Dan. I know you were... I- I yeah I logged in and screwed around for a few minutes. Yeah, so I'll talk about that a little bit later on. Uh, Diablo three I put a good chunk of time into, uh, and also No Man's Sky I played a little. I revisited nice. No Man's Sky, so I'll, I'll get into that. I look forward to hearing about that. Yeah. You know, I've I played, been I, tempted. Go on. Diablo three reminded me I put, I did play something else. Um, is it Laura Croft in the Temple of Osiris or is it Tomb Raider? I think it's Lara Croft. I think you're right. Uh, Diablo-style game. Uh, but my nephew and I played that as well. So mm-hmm. I've been wanting to play that one for... It's been out for a couple years, I think. But uh, finally got around to it. Nice. I started near Automata this past week. So I yeah. was on that during what I played. Um, yeah. Without further ado, let's get into our, our games list here. Uh, so we'll start with September. Who has a September game they want to cover? Ooh, I do. Let's hear it, Will. I have a little game known as NHL 18. Mm-hmm. What's the date? Uh, so it's September 15th. Uh, it's being published and developed by EA Sports. Uh, the first thing I want to point out is Connor McDavid is the cover star. Cover stud. Right, rightly so. And right, Yeah, rightfully so. Um, so I'm pretty much going to read you the, the features list on here, and we're going to all say when we've heard this before. Okay. So the first one is, the ice is your playground. On attack, there's an all-new creative deke system that includes between-the-legs shooting, one-handed dekes, backhanded toe drags, and much, much more, including the ability to link moves together for moment-to-moment decision-making. On defense, the all-new defensive skill stick gives you the tools to counter attacks with poke-checking targeting, extended pokes, and controlled stick sweeps to cover the zones and the ice to take away passing lanes. This is painful. I know I know that's been there. <laughs> I can tell you probably two different times since we've been doing this podcast. I remember hearing that yeah. be a thing. Um, 
So one feature that is new that's kind of cool, I don't like how it's going to take away uh, other games doing this really, but the arcade-inspired three-on-three hockey. Mm -hmm. So uh, they put in a whole new thing called NHL 3s in this game where it's a fast-paced, over-the-top three-on-three hockey action. Um, and basically the skating and everything is going to be a lot faster. The hitting is going to be a lot harder, and there's going to be way more of an opportunity to score goals. Um, I was actually just saying the other day that I kind of miss these type of games because I'm really sick of the new like realistic um, you know, hockey games because I don't have as much fun with them anymore because they're, they're, they're trying to be like so realistic, but like they don't do a good job of it. And like it's still really janky and all sorts of stuff like that. So like I kind of was like saying, oh, I really want a three on three game for like twenty thirty bucks. And yeah. uh, unfortunately, they put it in a sixty dollar game that I don't particularly want. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, <clears throat> I still say a lot of that boils down to goaltending being hard to simulate in a video game. Hundred percent. I mean, I, I, it's it's just hard because especially like in in today's NHL, like. Really, there has to be a bunch of different things that happen on a play for a goal to be scored, usually. Mm -hmm. You know? And they like the their big thing last year was having live goaltending. So, like, the goalies actually feel alive. But the issue with that is they compensate with it so much so that, like, the goalie, the goaltending is just flat out terrible. And they let in, like, the softest, easiest goals that are saved. 99.9% 99.9% of the time by professional goalies, but like in this game, you'll score so many goals, like just taking a slap shot from center ice. Like, yeah. And it's super frustrating. <clears throat> I can't tell you the amount of times like the puck hit my goalie and like he freaked out because it was like live goaltending and then like he yeah. knocks it in. Yeah. Which does happen on occasion. We're not, uh, but like once yeah. a year. Yeah. You know, I remember uh, I think it was two years ago in the playoffs. Steve Mason led in a goal against the Capitals from center ice. Yeah, like that, that was does, embarrassing. Does happen. That's how it's I just... score all my goals in the NHL games is slapping <laughs> from the blue line. Yeah, janky. Yep. Which again, we'll go in on occasion. But I mean, how many blue line shots are taken that are stopped? You know, in in a regular hockey game. Not. I mean, even when the goalie's screened, like they still make the saves quite quite often. Yeah. Um. So they did add a new thing in franchise mode where you can reshape the entire NHL, where you can make an expansion team. So on top of the Las Vegas Golden Knights being in this game already, you're going to get the opportunity to make a 30-second team to add to the league. Um, and you can run the you know franchise like you would any other... Um, uh, like when you when you're like the GM, like the be a GM mode, you'll run the team like that. You'll get to go through the expansion draft and select players where they'll do have all those tools available for you so you can have your own unique roster. Um, I kind of like that. That's pretty cool. I would probably never use it, but I think it's a cool thing for people to do, especially because I think at our Seattle is going to be getting a team before before too long. Seattle, Kansas City. There was another one, too, that was rumored. Quebec. Quebec. Quebec City. I think Kansas City is the easiest one to slot in because they can just slot into the uh, the Central Division. Yeah. Without needing to rearrange again. The only thing that I do know is that the NHL really wants hockey in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. So Portland no, might be an option too. <clears throat> or Houston. That'd be another spot. They had a professional team already. Yeah. In the era. Sorry, if, if you already mentioned this, are they thinking about Seattle at all? Yeah. yeah. That's a good spot. They, the Seattle, um, 
MLS soccer team is well supported. I think the Seattle teams in general are pretty well supported. Didn't they just why, get an why ECHL did the Sonics team? leave there? I think it was terrible, terrible ownership. What, Corey? Didn't they just get an ECHL team or something like that? They have a WHL team. Yeah, the I Thunderbirds. They, I think they just got an ECHL team. Or maybe, maybe. that was somewhere else in the Pacific Northwest. Which team, which hockey team could really benefit from a rival, like, nearby Subway Series kind of rival? That would be Vancouver. If it's in Seattle, Vancouver would be the closest. Yeah. Yeah, the, there's a big rivalry. Well, Port, Portland and Vancouver have a, a big rivalry in MLS, so I think it would be similar to that. Yeah. There you go. It's not super far away. Yeah. I wouldn't mind another Northeast team. Like Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire, Rhode Island. That'd be kind probably of cool. no cities big enough up there, though, right? Probably not. It would be Quebec City, most likely. But I mean, compare that to Winnipeg. Well, it is Canada, but I think right. the, the closer you are to Canada, I think the the bigger the turnout you get. I could see like a Burlington, Vermont team or something like that. The Burlington hipsters. <laughs> yeah, well, I think Burlington team- man buns. <laughs> As you said, like the Canada is a different different beast because, like, I know they can support a team in Saskatoon. Even in Saskatoon, it's not even in the top like twenty for population for cities there. Yeah. So that's okay. all I really have for NHL eighteen. It's just, it's going to be the same old same old stuff, really. No. <laughs> on, Did you talk about the better, you know, handle handling and yeah, poke yeah, track. yeah. yeah. Dribble tech. <laughs> All that good stuff. Stick handling tech. Better crowd animations, I'm sure, this year. Mm-hmm. More authentic arenas. Yeah. You know, yep, that's on there every year. Dynamic it's really AI. It's I I kid you not, I read you guys all the features they have listed. It was only three. Huh. So that they're really they're going big this year. <laughs> yeah. Boy. Okay. Uh, next September release. Anyone have anything else in September? I've got a couple. Yeah, I got Let's hear one. it. I've got Destiny 2, Dan. Destiny 2. You know, uh, so I'm going to read you a little blurb right from the DestinyTheGame.com website about the story. Um, <clears throat> so the story of Destiny 2. Humanity's last safe city has fallen to an overwhelming invasion force led by Gaul. He's the commander of the brutal Red Legion. So the Red Legion is the big enemy in this game. Uh, Since he has stripped the city's guardians of their power and forced the survivors to flee, you'll venture to mysterious, unexplored worlds of our solar system to discover an arsenal of weapons and devastating new combat abilities. To defeat the Red Legion and confront Gaul, you must reunite humanity's heroes, stand together, and fight back to reclaim our home. So that's the story. Uh, You're going to be fighting the Red Legion, so... Uh, other than that, to be honest with you, similarly to NHL 18, seems like just a lot more Destiny. Uh, game modes seem very similar. Uh, r- really, I-, I didn't see a lot here to me that made me say, man, I, I really need to get back into to Destiny in the form of Destiny 2. Yeah. You know? I- and I-, I agree with you. I- I'm The beta it comes out on PC next week, so I'm going to try it. And if okay. it doesn't, like, blow me away, I will skip Destiny 2. Uh, incidentally, the PC version comes out October 24th. Oh, okay. Yeah, so. September 6th for consoles. And, okay. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, the game modes that are advertised, uh, you have the campaign, obviously. Um, and then for your co-op, you've still got your strikes and your raids. There's clans uh, now to do all that kind of thing. But, I mean, it's just more of the same stuff. The competitive multiplayer, it's back to the Crucible. And from what I understand, uh, from what I've heard, that they're putting a big focus on the Crucible matches, which is not anything I'm remotely interested in no, at this point. No, me neither. I know probably a lot of people are, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, but again, just like when we do these previews, I like to look on the, the main website that, that should be advertising these games. And I just, there's just the same old shit really. Yeah. Well, for me, I know, like I generally, I, I don't mind the looter shooter type of games, but I would prefer to play something like a borderlands that's, uh, entertain entertaining, you know? I was no, I, not, I love a good loot game. A loot yeah, game, I was not it's, the, it's just the same stuff. Right, I was, and I was not the slightest bit entertained by Destiny at all. You know, uh, I don't play enough to make, you know, doing a bunch of co-op stuff worth it. Um, but you know, Borderlands entertained me to no end. Well, that's There's just the thing. Crazy like, characters and antics and stuff. If you have like a good group of people, like a good crew to to play with. Yeah, you know it, it's really fun, and uh, I, I actually may potentially have that on Xbox, but um, I'm just not sure I'm I'm willing to put the time into it now. But, yeah, uh, you know it, it looks good for what it is. It just looks like more Destiny to me. Right. I gotcha. That's any all else? I have to say about that. Any other interest in Destiny Core? I know you had mentioned possibly even getting a PS4 for Destiny. I don't know. I got a crew to roll with. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I forgot how popular you were. Yeah, uh, it's it's it, they're pushing me to do it. I don't know if I will, although with the new TV purchase, uh, it's a possibility now that I have like a TV worth playing PlayStation games on. Pro. Right. Yeah. Or maybe Considering you Xbox it. One X. No. Because then we could play together. But I know your new friends are cooler. That's fine. Yeah. They're, uh, they're, what's the word I'm looking for? Dedicated? I don't know. Cooler. Cooler. Yeah, yeah you, you can tell us. Right. I don't, it's okay. Yeah, that's fine. I don't no, know. I think if I play this, it'll be on PC. I don't think I will, though. Just based on my interest in games lately has not been there at all. Games in general, or this type of game? This type of game. Oh yeah. You know, with with playing PUBG and everything, I know that's a different type of game, but it, I don't know. Just any kind of shooter, I'm just like not feeling lately. Yeah. I actually really want to get Destiny, but I just know I won't put the time into it to like make it worth it. And all of the people that I know I would play with would pass me by so fast. So like I would just then be like, well, why do I bother playing if I'm just going to be alone? Or why did I buy it in the first place if I was yeah, going to play it? Exactly. Everyone. So yeah. that's sort of why like, I really want to get it. And if I do, it'll probably be a little bit later. Um, but as of right now, I'm not going to be getting it. Okay. Uh, anything else in September? I got one. Sarah. Divinity 2, uh, the single and multiplayer medieval fantasy role-playing game from Larian Studios. This comes out September 14th for PC and will come out for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One at a later date. 
this game was kickstarted back in 2015, which at that point, it seemed like they had a lot of the work done. Uh, they had a $500,000 yeah, $500, goal, which they reached in two hours and ended up making over $2 million total. So a lot of people respected that first game, especially me. I think I gave it, I, I know I gave it game of the year, um, the year it came out, which was 2014, 13, something like that. Uh, it's been in early access since September of 2016, so they've had a lot of time to polish it, and the reviews for the game are really, really good um, from users and publications that have reviewed the early access version. Uh, very, very positive for Divinity 2. The setup for this one, it takes place a thousand years after the first game, during a major war uh, and relig- religious persecution, the bishop for lack of a better word, declares that all sorcerers are criminals, uh, which kind of reminded me of Dragon Age, right? Wasn't that the yeah. story behind Dragon Age 3? The mages. Yeah, so uh, you play as a group of four sorcerers on a quest to defeat this evil bishop man, which is a little bit of a flip-flop from the first game, wherein you are trying to destroy what's called the source which is what gives sorcerers their magic power so kind of get to see the other side of it just a thousand years later this story is darker and more grounded than the first game even though they've uh put a lot more depth into the character and character customization stuff like that i took a lot of notes for this game because it's probably the one i'm most excited for at this point and that probably has a lot to do with it coming out of early access in like three weeks so um it has the dnd-esque character creation you pick your stats you pick your race uh, you also pick your origin story, and the origin story is apparently really closely tied to the main narrative of the game. So depending on what your origin story is, it has a lot of influence on what happens in, in the game itself, uh, in the main campaign. And the dialogue and quests all differ depending on your character's backstory. Uh, character development is classless, so you choose a preset at the start, but then from there it's fully customizable. Um, your stats, even your skills, you can create your own you can create your own skills um, and and spec them a certain way based on the kind of character that you want to create, which I think is pretty cool. You can recruit up to three companions. These companions uh, can also be multiplayer characters, so you can have one of your friends play the role of one of these companions. And what's cool about it, and this one, and also this was the case in the first game, is each companion has their own origin story and goals, which is sometimes at odds with the lead character, so you kind of have to figure out uh, in, in the first game, it was like rock, paper, scissors to decide whose answer was actually said out loud to the non-player character. Um, I'm not sure exactly how they're handling it in this game, but I think that's a pretty cool way to approach it because it has that whole like competitive co-op aspect uh, in games that I, I really enjoy in playing yeah. multiplayer with people I know. Another big aspect of the game is environmental manip- manipulation. Uh, so you can, I just pulled this off the website, manipulate your environment by turning various surfaces like water, fire, poison, and oil into deadly traps or harmless ground to move on. Use countless combinations to change their appearance and characteristics. Surfaces can be frozen, turned into clouds, blown up, burned, or energized. Elemental cursing and blessing. Bless any surface to add buffs to those who step through it. Curse any surface to apply debuffs and penalties. In Divinity of Original Sin 2, we've added even more surface types and combinations to help you really get into your element. Uh, and that's that was my favorite part of the first game, was the, the way you can interact with the environment, which then 
leads to multiple ways to solve problems, uh, including quests and stuff like that. So it kind of does give you that, like, sitting around at a D&D table, um, coming up with creative ways to solve problems. So, like, if you need to get through a certain door but you don't have the key, you know, you could throw a fireball at the door if you happen to have that spell um, with the strength required. You could teleport through it. You could convince someone to open the door for you. If you're trying to get a treasure treasure chest on the other side of the door, there are spells and and interesting ways you can teleport the chest from the room to you. Uh, just a lot of different ways to approach problems that I really enjoyed. You know, it's not one solution. It's pretty much whatever you can do. And and sometimes it gets to the point where you're really doing some janky, weird things that it feels like the developers of the game didn't expect you to, which is something I always appreciate in games, too, because you feel like you're super smart. Um there's also uh, a cover system. I'm not really sure. I didn't get a good sense of how that's implemented. Love-hate system with all the other characters. Um, competitive multiplayer mode. You can split up into two teams and duke it out with your friends. Uh, and there's also online matchmaking in an arena map, which is new. That wasn't in the first game. One thing that's really cool that I knew nothing about until I was doing research today on the game is there's something called Game Master Mode. And what they do is they give you all the tools you need to tell your own story in the game engine. And it's one of those things that you can automate as much or customize as much as you want, depending on how deep you want to go. So you can create a world, you can add locations, tweak the atmosphere, environment, time of day, uh, weather, music, uh, create encounters. You can take over an NPC. Like if your friends are playing your adventure, you can take over an NPC in the game and play as that non-player character, whether it's an enemy or you know, a quest giver, or you're just guiding somebody somewhere. Is that uh, stuff that's going to go on the Steam Workshop? I'm not sure how it's being implemented. They just said it would be implemented at launch. This Okay, this that's cool. Industry. You can add, add dialogue, um, narration, give characters options for character choices that will then influence their story. Uh, a lot of really cool things. And the last thing, something they're calling individual sounds. So you choose your character's instrument, and then that instrument takes the lead in the soundtrack. Oh, that's awesome. Which I think is pretty cool. Corey, I think you sold me on this game. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, definitely is, it, is it one of those mouse in one hand, beer in the other hand games? Yeah, it's turn-based. The combat Perfect. is turn-based. Um, okay. I'm telling you, man, we should still go back and play the first one because that game's awesome. I'd like to, I mean, at some point, but there's there's so much. Yeah. This is probably pro- probably the only game I will buy. For sure. Oh, okay. For sure. Um, I won't play someone else's copy like this year. I'm trying to think ahead, but yeah, this I don't know. I think that's telling right there. Yeah. That's it. Nice. Divinity 2, or I don't know if it's Divinity 2 or Divinity Original Sin 2 or Divinity Divinity 2. Divinity Original Sin 2. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I will go next. September 22nd, Guild Wars 2 Path of Fire expansion for PC. Adds the Crystal Desert location. Five new zones. I guess really large zones, too. Elite specializations for the professions. Uh, you can get the standalone for $30, or you can get it bundled with Heart of Thorns for 50 Uh One thing I read up on it, too, is there's different type of mounts that have... Uh, different strengths so they'll they'll traverse different types of terrain at different speeds based on on the type of mount you have uh, i think this is going to be what gets me back into guild wars 2 Corey talked about it earlier but 
uh, you know, fired it up, played it. I, I gonna have start having a lot more game time because my wife started her doctorate classes this evening. So, uh, she's going to be busy doing schoolwork and I will All be right. busy playing Vigit games probably. So there you go, Dan, I, I might do like one, one night a week. I'll have be Guild Wars two night. Maybe. Didn't I talk about that last week? That nibble what? bit. What's that? With the mouse expansion. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's something flames, right? What's it called? Path of fire. Yeah, you know, it's got the usual stuff in it, but uh, I liked Guild Wars 2 so much. And I guess, I mean, the story stuff generally is pretty good. I beat this, the main storyline in uh, in Guild Wars 2, and it was pretty fun, pretty interesting. So I see uh, they also announced the year five anniversary rewards. Oh, really? And one of them. So when I logged in, um, I could, uh, I can talk more about this later, but I got a bunch of anniversary rewards. Uh, yeah. I've had the character and I've got the, I got the four year anniversary reward and they give you a booster that boosts your character to for four year. It was level 40. Uh, and right. apparently for five year, it's level 50. It's ah. just an item that boosts a character level 50 for you. Just like that. Nice. Yeah. I probably wouldn't use it, but yeah, I see a lot of people only cause you miss out on so much gameplay. If you skip right to level 80, you gotta but learn I mean, your if character. You, if you know, you already doing, know it. Yeah. Makes sense. So yeah, that's September twenty second. That'll probably get me back into Guild Wars too. Also in September, September twenty eighth, Total War Warhammer two uh, for PC. It's uh, developed by Creative Assembly and published by Sega. Supposedly, this has a much less sandboxy campaign and a lot. It's a lot more story driven than the first one. So that's Total War Warhammer. I didn't didn't read as much on it as I would have liked, but. It's a, it's I, a I total do, war game. It's yeah, it's a total war game. Uh, deep, t- turn-based strategy, real time slash real time tactics. I really wanted to play the first before I play the second, so I will not play this right when it comes out. But I'm definitely interested. Any anything else for September? Nope. Not me. Oh, yeah. That's All right. It. Um, October. So October is a fat game release month. Fat. I think I have five games I'm going to buy in October. With a P or an F? P-H-A-T. Okay. The usual. Uh, (laughs) October 3rd, Forza Motorsport 7. Eric, I know you had this one. I was going to say, I was like, wait, what did you take mine, Dan? (laughs) No, I did not. All right. Forza Motorsport 7. So, I mean, you know, at at the base of things, it's it's another Forza racing game, Mm -hmm. Um, which is always a welcome thing for me because I, I think those games are awesome. While I do prefer the Horizon series, uh, Motorsport 7 is a great uh, simulator more than an arcade experience. Um, so really, I mean, the big things for this one, uh, this year, uh, they focus a lot on the 4K thing, especially with the Xbox One X coming out. I, th- I believe they've showed a lot of demos, and that's really the game that they've been trying to show off, which makes sense because racing games often look fantastic. Um, that's the not that's, that's the exclusive for Xbox this fall, right? Since uh, yeah. what's its face got pushed out? Crackdown. Crackdown. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I hope you like racing games on if you have an Xbox, but. Um, yeah, so the 60 frames per second and, and the, the 4K is really the big thing uh, this year. Uh, another cool thing, 700-plus cars and 30-plus environments uh, in this year's game make it the biggest one they've ever released. 
They're also putting what's called Forza Drivers Cup in. It's a, it's a new campaign mode where there are six major champions to compete in. I'm sorry, six major championships to compete in. Uh, and each of the series features, uh, you know, a wide variety of different kinds of cars. There could be NASCAR vehicles. Uh, they have pre-war cars, muscle cars. Anything you can really imagine will be in there. Um, let's see. It will be on Windows 10 PCs, which is cool. Are you interested in, in that on PC at all, Dan? Probably not. Like you, I'm more into the Horizon open yeah. world series. Uh, not that I'm not interested. If I was going to get a racing game this fall, it would be that. But like I said, I've got five games in October sure. that I have to buy or probably I'm going to buy. Um, another thing that was new to me while I was reading about this, uh, I guess they're they're putting kind of a focus on fitting your driver with gear. So you can unlock different gear for your driver, which is kind of cool, I guess, even though you don't ordinarily see your driver in a racing game. But maybe they're going to show off the driver a little bit more, so you're going to be able to unlock some different gear for the man behind the wheel. Um, <laughs> the wheel yeah, man. I mean, that, that's really it. It's, it's more Forza Motorsport. It's got great sounds, always has great sounds and handling and customization of your cars and tweaking them to your liking. Looks gorgeous. But yeah, it's re- it's really about the the graphics and the amount of uh, uh, places you can race and the amount of cars that you can you have access to for your car and racing junkies. Highly recommend the series if you've never played it. Yeah, I just wish it wasn't tied to. I wish they would put these games on Steam and not have them in the stupid Xbox uh, Store on on Windows. Yeah. It's a pain in the balls. Fair. But maybe someday. Okay. Uh, October 10th, Middle Earth, Shadow of War. Uh, for everything, PC, PS4, Xbox One. There is also apparently mobile versions of this game that I just found out, like, literally right before we started recording. I don't really? know. Yeah, I don't I don't know what that's about at all. So I'm going to have to look, look it up at some point, maybe. I, is Corey Corey on it maybe uh, developed by monolith productions and published by Warner brothers interactive entertainment. Um, the big thing for me with the, with this one is um, it seems to be more the same. It's a bigger shadow of uh, shadow of Mordor. Uh, they put a focus on, on having more land masses, more areas of, of the, the middle earth that you can conquer, I guess for lack of a better word. Uh, this one there too. They're also adding uh, the ability to transfer your best follower and your best nemesis from the nemesis system from the first game. So that's a that's a neat neat feature. If you remember those guys, I don't I I don't remember my my stuff from my my playthrough. But maybe I'll maybe I'll boot it up before and just so I can transfer them in. Um, but the big controversial thing for Middle Earth: Shadow of War is the addition of microtransactions. Uh, and a lottery system for loot for your followers and different orcs and whatnot. Uh, me and Corey actually talked about this. Was it a few episodes ago, Corey? I think two, yeah. Two ago. A couple episodes ago. Um, yeah, people on both sides of the fence. I don't know. How, how do you guys feel about the the injection of microtransactions into Middle Earth? Uh, I mean, if it doesn't affect my overall gaming experience, then I'm yeah. all right with it. It doesn't seem like it's going to. It seems kind of background type of stuff, but like if they dial back my loot from killing things to give me like 
worse items and make me want to like spend more money on the game to get better gear then yeah that's a problem but like diablo did that when it first came out but for the low low price of ten dollars will you gain (laughs) access to a higher tier of loot Ooh. Ooh. just kidding that's not true but that's what you wouldn't want right no that would be a nightmare yeah like you can only get magic items if you pay the 10 the 9.99 transaction (laughs) you get the blue colored items yeah yeah looks really good though i'm very very excited i watched like a 17 minute gameplay video for it and uh it like i said it looks like more of the same but but bigger bigger shadow of mordor so that's a definite buy for me day one it'll just be nice to revisit uh lord of the rings universe yeah been a while yeah it has been a while i think it's a good it's a good i don't know type of game to have i would like another uh what was the strategy game lord of the Rings strategy game called Middle Battle, Earth. For Middle Earth. Battle for Middle Earth. I would love to see a new one of those. Because I, I don't think you, you can't buy those on Steam. I think you have to find the old discs. Pretty sure I have it on Steam. I don't know. It's, it's not. I've you, looked. You, you have the MOBA. Oh, do I? Yeah. There's a MOBA? Yeah. Why do I own it? It came free with like a lot of different humble bundles, I think. Yeah. Mm. I don't What's know that anyone called? I can't think of it off the top of Battle for what was never mind. Guardians of Middle Earth. Guardians. I think that's what it was. Guardians. Is it really? Yeah. God, I'm so smart. <laughs> Do you know what the forgotten game genre is at this point? What? RTSs. No, that's not true. Well more. that's for a little nibble bit later. But <laughs> Okay. I won't say anything then. But for the most part, it is a forgotten genre. Yeah, you're right. Now I'm really it, excited for that in a little bit. It is Guardians of Middle Earth. Guardians of Middle Earth. Yeah, I don't know if that like there's a player base for that, or I, I don't know anything about it. I was never really very interested in it. Uh, Octo- so that was October 10th. October 13th, <gasps> Will Fire Emblem Warriors. Me. Okay. Um, so Fire Emblem Warriors is the Tecmo Koe um, uh, hack and slash game. For the people who are Dynasty Warriors or Samurai Warriors fans or Hyrule Warriors, this is the Fire Emblem version of that. Um, so the story is the game t- covers the there is a gate of the other world um, that suddenly appears in the royal castle. Uh, and what happens is the powerful monsters. I don't know, Dan, if you remember in Awakening uh, how that portal opened and then that's like how the children yeah, came through, and then like yep. all of the the monsters. So it's pretty much similar to that. They come rushing out of that and attack the garrison and end up taking over the castle. Uh, and eventually, the darkness slowly eats away at the country, kind of reminiscent to like how Final Fantasy 15 was. Um, um, however, there's still hope in the game. There are two new characters that come out of the game called Rowan and Liana, uh, and they are the children of the late king of the country. And from there on, the the portals open up, and it kind of threads the fates between the different Fire Emblem games, which is uh, Awakening Fates, and I forget the name of the first game that they're covering. Um, uh-huh. Let's see if I can get it. Uh, Shadow Dragon. 
So from there on, uh, carrying the fire shield given to them by their mother, the two heroes' journeys to confront the powerful darkness begins there. Um, so the so far the characters that are announced for it are Rowan and Liana, for, uh, and they're like the original characters for this game. And then from the Shadow Dragon, Marth got announced for Awakening. It's Crom, Robin, Lucina, Lisa, Frederick, Cordelia, and for Fates there's Corin. Ryomo, Hanoka, Takumi, Xander, Camila, and Leo. So those are the announced characters. So for so far for this game, uh, they kind of tried to retain the what made Fire Emblem kind of great with the strategy elements to it, uh, and they kind of implemented it in this game. So the first one is uh, being able to switch between characters in the battlefield. So you're not stuck playing as one character when you jump into the battle. You can actually uh, switch between four different characters. And Samurai Warriors actually does this, does this, but it's only two for them. So, like, you can, you know, have your one guy go to one area, start killing things there. When an objective pops up on the other side of the map, uh, say your other characters are closer, you can just switch over to them real quick and go over there and do the objective. Um, and what you can do when you're not playing as them is there's actually a mechanic where you can command them and send out commands for what they can do. So, like, if you want one character to hold up in a base and protect it, like, you could just do that command, which I think is pretty cool. Um, I don't remember it being that in-depth in, in uh, Samurai Warriors 4. Um, there's also a pair-up mechanic. So for how it works in that, uh, when you're near a character, you can there will be a button that pops up, and you press it, and you end up pairing up with that character, and they actually come off the battlefield, um, but they're right next to you, but they, they're they like not considered a unit anymore because they're paired up with you, and you'll be able to do uh, more damage. Like, you can do, like, dual attacks with, the, with them, or they can, like, be a meat shield for you if you're getting attacked and you get, like, cornered. Just put that character in front, they'll take the damage. Uh, and it boosts your overall stats, which is another really cool thing. Uh, the weapon triangle is also present. I know in the newest Dynasty Warriors, uh, for 8, they already have kind of a weapon triangle where, like, there's heaven, man, and um, earth, and like each one trumps the other. So they're gonna kind of keep that for this one, but it's gonna be the classic uh, fire emblem weapons triangle, which nice. like I think axes beat pole arms, pole arms beat swords, and swords beat axe. I think Sounds it is. Right. Yeah, that's off the top of my head, so it could be wrong. And then um, bowls and magic are kind of their own thing too. Yep, they, they do their own thing, like bows and magic do a lot of damage to Pegasus Knights and stuff like that. Um, so there's also going to be a support mechanic, which is another really cool thing. So while you're fighting on the battlefield next to somebody, that kind of will help you unlock the um, the support conversations for them. So, you know, kind of like in the normal Fire Emblems, you fight by people, you pair up with them, they become better friends, get to know each other, and you'll be able to learn more about their story. I don't know how they'll do it for this game. Hopefully there's romance. Um, I'm wondering. I don't think that's been confirmed yet, but I think everybody's thinking it's going to be a thing. I hope so. Seriously, Dan. What? Romance? You got to have romance and you got to have children. It's a warrior's game. That's Fire Emblem. I know, but it's Fire Emblem, too. I'd I'd like it if they did some sort of like weird half-assed version of it. (laughs) You never know. I could see him kind of you're not going all in on that but still having a version of it yeah like if you go to meet a certain character on the battlefield enough times <laughs> they fall in love with you well i kind of wonder if they're gonna have any of the children characters like i know they have lucina but other than that like are they gonna have 60 characters like maybe they'll have new like new children like newer version like new like so for example Different. like 
I feel like that would cause people to be already mad, more mad at this game than they already are. You can't please everybody. Because <laughs> someone's obscure Fire Emblem Radiant character isn't in the game, they're not going to buy this one. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's also going to be a permadeath mechanic, so what will happen with this, uh, kind of like in the other games where once they die, they're gone. Um, if they're integral to the story, they won't die. They'll just be severely injured and uh, not be able to participate in the battle, and you won't be able to use them anymore throughout the rest of your playthrough. Um, it's pretty cool, though. Like I was looking through the rosters and some gameplay through it. Like when Xander, you're like when you're playing Xander, you're on his horse, like swinging at yeah. things, and like you're you're just on the horse. And like with Cordelia, she's a Pegasus knight. Um, she flies around on the Pegasus Knight and does attacks that way. So it's kind of cool to see that because, like, that's going to make traversing the battlefields kind of way different than any other, like, Warriors game that I've seen. So, yeah. I've, I'm pretty excited for Fire Emblem Warriors, honestly. Me too. It's probably my most anticipated this fall. Nice. So, very nice. Yep. yep. That's another day one buy for me. Two, three days after Middle Earth, so cool. that must be that must be Friday. Middle Earth must be Tuesday, and Fire Emblem's Friday. Now, Dan, I do have a question for you about yep. the release date. Uh-huh. I checked on the website and I did not see October thirteenth, but like everywhere else is saying October thirteenth. Is that kind of like the pseudo release day? Like everybody knows it's going to be that, they just haven't confirmed it. Yeah, probably. Okay, probably. I was kind of confused by that because it wasn't on the website, but everywhere else was like, oh, yeah, the 13th. Yeah. Because I think Europe is the 20th. Oh, of course. So. That stinks. Because they got, I think theirs got announced before ours, ours did. Okay. I think you're right. So. All right. Anything else, Will? No, that's Fire Emblem Warriors. Okay. Uh, October 17th, South Park, the Fractured Butthole. Uh, for PC, PS4, Xbox One. Developed by Ubisoft San Francisco and published by Ubisoft. It takes place the day after the events of the Stick of Truth. <laughs> and uh, there's a <laughs> there's a falling out over Cartman's planned film franchise for their superheroes. Uh, that splits splits the South Park boys into two different groups uh, who have it out with each other. Like uh, similar to uh, is a Civil War, one of the Marvel movies, Civil War Avengers, something like that. It's supposed to be similar to that. Now, I, this game I did not look anything up about. I want to be completely surprised. I know I, I remember reading previews for The Stick of Truth and having some of the jokes in the game ruined for me. So I specifically didn't look anything up for this one. Uh, I do know the battle system is going to be slightly more tactical than the last one, um, where you kind of move your characters around uh, a grid, so to speak. But I think it's uh, it's a more simple grid than like your standard uh, grid strategy rpg type of game and you will be able to interact with with the environment on that grid like similar to how Corey was not similar but Corey was talking about uh divinity divinity original sin 2 being able to free stuff and set some stuff on fire it's it's kind of like that so uh should add add a tactical edge to south park fractured butthole not as tactical as a game like xcom 2 now I wouldn't I wouldn't think so, but maybe. Maybe, maybe. Uh, so, yeah, that's South Park Fractured Butthole. Um, October 24th is Destiny 2. Next on the list, October 27th, Assassin's Creed Or This is a heavy, heavy game day. 
Assassin's Creed Origins. Will. No oh boy. So, Assassin's Creed Origin. It's the first Assassin's Creed since Syndicate, which is in 2015. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I'm actually kind of mildly interested in this me, one. Me too. Um, and the main reason is this is actually the team that made Black Flag. Um, another uh, Ubisoft teammate syndicate. So, uh, I mean, I would I am I wrong in saying that Black Flag is all of our favorite Assassin's Creed game? Oh God, yeah. I actually read something today that said um, that this new Assassin's Creed is is actually Black Flag Two in disguise. Nice, nice. I wish you didn't tell me that. Yeah. Because now, like, I I'm super more interested than normal. Um. So, with this one, so a couple of things that are going to be different. Uh, unlike in previous games, there's not going to be as many tall structures for climbing to unlock areas. What? Um, yeah, because it takes place in ancient Egypt. Uh, I guess the biggest things we're going to be climbing are the pyramids. Sphinx. Would be my Would be my guess. Sphinx. Sphinx eye. Um, also, the eagle vision, which used to like highlight enemies and objects and like who you need to like follow and stuff like that, is being replaced as it, uh, with an eagle companion. So you can just send the eagle out and it'll fly around. You can scout out areas that way, which I kind of like because I never used eagle vision anyway. So I feel like using an eagle companion, I might actually use a little bit more. You um, never used eagle vision, huh? Hardly ever, believe it or not. I feel like I use it all the time. Really? Yeah. I think the only times I would use it was when I was infiltrating like a like a big uh, protected area, and like you know how you had to assassinate one person in that area. Yeah. I think that was the only time I ever would use it, just to see who like the leader was. Hmm. Uh, players can also tame various predators, which will serve as a companion and assist them against fighting enemies. Um, Origins will also see naval combat, underwater exploration, and tomb raiding, which is cool. Um, Also, in this one, they're having a revised combat mechanics. They don't really specify what that is, but apparently the combat is enhanced or better, which... So it's it's not just hold button to parry? I kind of like hold button to parry. I don't like it. much worse. (laughs) That's terrible, Corey. Terrible. Why? The you older hold, I hold, get, the more I like hold button to parry. Yeah. <laughs> you hold the button to parry and then press a button to counter. Yeah, it's yeah. the lazy man's attack. Yeah. What else I, do you I recommend? I feel like we should, we should be endorsing this. Yeah, this is a great move. I was going to bring up the point, though, Will, to just going off of this. I think what the Black Flag team did right is they understood what was fun about Assassin's Creed, what really what didn't work so well. And just capitalized on the fun. Mm-hmm. And I guess like that game came out four years ago. So if this team's been behind a new game for four years, that says a lot. I think that could be something pretty good. Um, Garrett is like, game of the year. <laughs> I actually well, don't. I don't love um, the time period of Egypt. It's not like environment wise like my favorite kind of scenery because i just don't like the the brown sand or the orange sand like i kind of find that boring but Mm -hmm. it's gonna be kind of cool being able to see the pyramids and stuff like that the tombs of giza like the nile river i think maybe uh maybe you'll run through some lush oasis 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 the cover the the nile river valley is pretty lush 
There you go. I, I might stand corrected. Maybe this is going to be a game of the year. Move move over Breath of the Wild. Also, the protagonist is named Bayek. So, Bayek, the protector of Egypt, is what they call him. So, wow. By the I'm way, not... there is, there is no plural for the word oasis. Oasai. Just throwing that out there. Oasises. I think I might have sold myself on Assassin's Creed talking about it. Huh? Okay. And that's that's it for Assassin's Creed, really. All right. Also on October 27th, Super Mario Odyssey. Eric, take mm. it away. Uh, so far, this is the only day one purchase that we've talked about for me. Uh, Super Mario Odyssey. And this is right from the Wikipedia. Uh, I looked on a few different websites for this game. and I felt like this, this put it right into perspective. Uh, puts the player in the role of Mario, as one might imagine, as he travels across many worlds on his hat-shaped ship called the Odyssey. Uh, Always, uh, as usual, he's off to rescue Princess Peach from Bowser. Uh, The game sees Mario travel to various worlds known as kingdoms, uh, some of which are more like uh, photorealistic cities, and some are fantasy-based, which is kind of cool. I believe uh, the one that we saw when the the game was revealed was kind of like a New York City-looking thing, uh, which I thought looked just fucking awesome. Yeah, New New Uh, Donk City. (laughs) Can't say I'm in love with that ga- that name for the city, <laughs> but uh, other than the name, I think it Wait, looks really cool. New Donk? New huh? Donk. Okay. I, almost feel, I just feel like an idiot even saying that. I do too. <laughs> um, but really, the, the, the cool thing about this game, or the thing that sets this apart, aside from the, the different environments, is Mario's new gadget, Cappy which is his hat that he can use uh, for different things, such as uh, killing killing enemies with, using it as a platform to jump on, or to possess, or uh, I guess as they're calling it, capturing, because apparently some people were uh, upset about the term possessing of things, which is ridiculous. But regardless of that, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, you can capture things with your hat. If you throw your hat onto them, uh, one of the, the things that people are really excited about in one of the commercials for it, he throws his cap onto a, like a Tyrannosaurus Rex, uh, and you can kind of turn into to that animal or, or whatever you throw it on, uh, which is really cool. So I think that, that they'll do some really neat stuff with that, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much the gist of it. It's just going to be more great Mario fun and uh, some really neat different environments than what we're used to with Mario. Uh, and, oh, uh, one of the other cool things with this is you can do co-op where somebody plays as the cap and yeah. can, like, attack enemies, which is neat. Kind that of neat. in the vein of, um, what's the game you really like, Dan? Rayman. Rayman, where somebody plays as his little compadre. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, but like I said, this is, this is, uh, a day one purchase for me. Can't wait for this game. Ditto. Definitely day one purchase for me, too. Yep. Cannot wait for Mario Odyssey. Yeah. Okay. Corey, you're going to get Mario Odyssey? <laughs> say no. it's when are you going to buy not. a Switch again? Uh, I don't know if I will this year. Okay. Wait till. As much as I want to, because I want to play Mario and I, I want to play both Mario games and I want to play Xenoblade. Xenoblade. But life goes on, right? We can't all have sure. the things we want all the time. Tis true. true. 
Just wait for me to start failing school, then you'll get my consoles again. Yeah. Corey, let me nice. ask you this. You more likely to get a Switch or a PS4 Pro? Uh, probably most likely to get a new video card. Dan and I talked a little bit about this last week, right? Yeah, was I listened last week? to it. Yeah. Um, that's probably the most likely thing. Um, probably wouldn't spend more money on a console after that, but who knows? Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, also, October 27th, Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus. This is developed by Machine Games and published by Bethesda Softworks. Uh, I wasn't going to be interested in this until I watched the trailer at uh, Bethesda's E3. It was really the only interesting part of their E3, and it looked awesome. And now I'm probably going to buy it. Are you getting it on PC? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's that or Switch. Not coming to the Switch as far as I know. Oh, yeah, duh. That was a dumb question, Will. Um, but yeah, I mean, once again, for those that don't know, the, the interesting thing about Wolfenstein, uh, at least the, the new games, I didn't play the old ones, is that the Nazis win World War II. So it's the world... Uh, the game's set in 1961 and not Nazi-occupied United States. And uh, B.J. Blazkowicz kind of is the leader of... Uh, underground resistance movement and and their their dealings i'm actually going to revisit the i'm going to re- replay the first one before i play wolfenstein 2 um but yeah the the trailer impressed me so much in the the gameplay video from from uh e3 that i'm gonna buy that they really sold it awesome. really they well did. in that trailer and i tried to i tried to think like am i sold on this because I think it's awesome or am I sold on this because everything else in the Bethesda press conference was so bad I was actually just going <laughs> to say that same but thing but I, I, I watched it later and I'm like no this game looks really good so that'll be a buy for me I don't know if it's going to be day one like I said only because October is so jam packed and literally the same day Mario Odyssey comes out so I might just wait on it and maybe get it on a sale but I will be getting it so are Mario Odyssey Assassin's Creed and Wolfenstein all the same day same day. Yep. Good lord. Yeah. October. I I have four or five games to get in October. So that's a uh, fat month. Yeah. Oh, I closed my page. Dang it. Uh, November. Will Call of Duty World War Two first game in November. Will. Oh, Will. brutal. That's an Eric <laughs> game. Oh, is that Eric? Oh, yeah. I thought we'll have it. Okay, Eric, let's hear it. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Obviously, the big news is the return to World War II, which uh, Will, I believe, is probably most excited about. Yep. Right? You going to buy this one, Will? Yeah, this is probably one of the, like, three or four games I'm going to get this year. Oh, okay. Uh, So, from the Call of Duty website, The Mission... Players will embark on a chilling, dark, and mysterious journey through a snowy... Be- uh, oh, and it's set in the snow, Will. Yeah, I mean, I'm a sold snowy, already. Yeah, snowy Bavarian village in Germany as they attempt to recover priceless works of art stolen by Axis powers in World War II. Wait, village, art? Yeah, sounds like an Uncharted game. The village <laughs> holds a shadowy, secret key to an unimaginable and monstrous power. Beware of the twisted fate and dire consequences from the occult horrors awaiting any visitors 
See, now this turns me off a little bit to this game. I'm not going to lie to you. That kind of put me off a bit, too. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on. This may be my bad. I think that is the Nazi zombie portion of it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds right. Yeah, this is the game I looked into least. You'll have to forgive me. Uh, yeah, that's the Nazi zombie portion of it. So, again, this is the portion that turns me off most. Uh, I hate when they get into this weird supernatural bullshit. Um, yeah. I still maintain the best zombie was the very first one. Yep. Yeah. And that was awesome. That was awesome. Uh, but there are different characters. Uh, Marie Fisher, Jefferson Potts, Olivia Durant, and Drosten Hind look to be the characters you can play as in uh, the Nazi zombies uh, for some co-op fun. It is kind of cool that it's like a, a story-based thing. I guess that's kind of neat. But uh, for me, meh. Um. Does it seem like it's going to be realistic? Jeez, Dan, I don't know. All they all they want to show me is zombies. Hold on, I watch. I got beta footage uh, playing live right now in the what you got, Corey? stream, but uh, no, it doesn't. It doesn't look real. Okay. <laughs> it looks like Call of Duty, guys. Come on. The, the yeah. website is a disaster. To be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> I, I mean. Uh, it, if you're comparing it to Battlefield, I definitely feel like Battlefield took a little more careful approach to World War Two combat, World War One, uh, a World War One combat versus this is this just looks like Call of Duty with older looking guns that do modern things, you know? Yeah, yeah. that's right. What it, that's what it looks like. I'm not playing it, so I don't want to, you know, aspersion. sell it short. But that's what it looks like to me. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the here's the small blurb for the campaign. Experience the story of the unbreakable brotherhood of common men fighting to preserve freedom in a world on the brink of tyranny. So that that's the, the blurb for the campaign. That's about um, as generic as it gets, right? Yeah, and there's not even like a learn more portion to that like there is for the for the zombies. And for well, the no, <laughs> no one gives a crap about the campaign usually. To be honest, you know, it's being that it's going back to World War Two, that that's actually probably the part I would be interested in. Yeah, well, me too. But yeah, Call of Duty, bro, doesn't want to play the campaign. Well, yeah, that's true. But you know, guy that's been playing Call of Duty for X yeah, number of years now might, you know, is probably interested in that. Yep. Um, let's see. Let's let's click uh, learn more about the multiplayer here. Now, Ooh. if you remember when they first showed off the multiplayer, there was uh, it, it looked to be like a, a bigger thing. Like they were kind of getting that battlefield vibe, not quite the same, but, you know, a bigger battle with many more people and kind of like a connected hub area like there was in uh, Destiny, uh, which seemed kind of interesting. Uh, so war mode. Uh, experience all new war mode where players must work as a team to defeat the enemy. This narrative-driven multiplayer experience immerses players in iconic World War II battles. Now, that sounds pretty sweet to me. Yeah. Um, they kind of did something like that in Battlefield 1. Uh, well, we played a couple of those, did we not? Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, so it's specific battles that are uh, that happen in real life, which is kind of cool. Um Divisions are a part of this. Divisions fundamentally redefine how players invest in their multiplayer career. Uh, Reimagining the creative class system, players choose from five iconic World War II divisions, each with specific combat training, division training, and weapon skills. So it sounds like just kind of a different way to uh, create your character. Um, 
but yeah, like Corey said, it's just older looking weapons. Uh, but I, I guess at least they're trying to freshen up the, the multiplayer a little bit, which is good because it's just so tired anymore. Yeah. But that, that might be a buy for me. Ooh, are we going Actually, 30s? Yeah, maybe. 30 makes it much more appealing than 60 does. For 30, sure. 30. Yeah. They could have just remastered World at War, and I would just be fine with that, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I probably would have been good with that. I'm an idiot for it, but I'd be fine with it. Will, it's going to be a surprise if you get the Call of Duty World War II Special Edition get remastered. For well, we'll say well, it's, it's ninety dollars, hundred dollars. Yeah, you get World at War remastered, I'd and they'll swear they'll swear up and down you can't buy them separate. And then, like a year and a half later, you'll be able to buy them separate. And you know what, Dan? I would spend the hundred and get it. You love <laughs> I know that you game. Would. It's one of my favorite games ever, for shooter wise, <laughs> at least. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, you'll still have the regular Call of Duty multiplayer modes like you're used to but you will now have war mode which piques my interest mm-hmm. so yeah okay. that's called duty world war Two. will we missed one in october for you october 17th gran turismo sport well dan i'll have you know that was actually the game i had the least information on that's okay i don't so, think they really said much about it it no like i went to their website and basically they break it down into graphics uh it goes in 4K, 60 frames per second, HDR with a wide color process. Sweet. Uh, true-to-life audio experience. Cars from stock cars to race cars to the concept cars. A total of 150 cars have been recreated for the game. Uh, from high-speed ovals to urban expressway, 17 locations are provided with 28 different layouts. Um, there's no day or night system, but you can change... Like, it doesn't do it happen organically, but there is a thing where you can do these races during the day, dusk, night, um, all sorts of stuff like that. It's pretty much, like, I'm trying to think of a... It's it's like a racing game, like, as opposed to kind of like a Forza Horizon, which is what I thought Gran Turismo was. Um, mm-hmm. But it's more... It's sort of like, it's sort of like a Forza, um, uh-huh. normal Forza game. Which isn't the ones that interest me all that much. So when I picked it, I was expecting to be like, oh, this is going to be cool, but um, this is just like a straight-up racing, um, you know, build a car, like, really make it awesome. Like, that, that stuff doesn't interest me nearly as much as, like, a game like Forza Horizon does. Yeah. They're, they're so... They're, the, the thing about them is they're so well-made and put together in the package and just the polish they put on them and the presentation of them is so good. Mm-hmm. But for, for me, like, because I'm not a car guy, I play them for, you know, a few hours and I, I love every second of it, but then I'm, I just move on to something else. Mm-hmm. And I know Gran Turismo is a series that everybody really loves too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but like I said, like I'm not a car guy, so I'm not that interested in like really making a sweet dream car. So like, I kind of don't, don't, uh, I don't want to play these games as much as like some people do. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. I'm interested to see how that one does like review wise. Cause it's been so long since the like, Gran Turismo came out and it used to be like such a big thing for Sony. Mm-hmm. But I the last feel one... like they've really been pushing this one and like, I don't know. The only reason it's not going to be very good. Go ahead, Dan. 
I was just gonna say, I, I think part of the issue here is there's a lot, lot, lot of good competition in in that type of racing game thing. Like Project Cars is a really good, yeah, uh, similar type of game. So yeah, I don't think the Gran Turismo's or even the Forza, Forza Motorsports have the the clout that they used to. I think Forza still does. Forza. I, as I said, I, the Horizon, I absolutely love. Uh, motor, the thing is with, with the Forza is the wheels, the different ways you can play it. I think you can yeah. do some of that stuff with Gran Turismo too. But oh, I'm sure. I know you can get a, get, get a full-on setup with uh, multi-monitors and stuff even with the Forza, yeah. Forza games. But anyway... Uh, back into November. Looks like the 17th is the next one. Star Wars Battlefront 2. Battlefront 2. That's you, Eric, Back right? to me, huh? Man. Yeah. Not giving me a, a break here, Dan. <laughs> no breaks. Um, well, let's let's talk about the single player, because I guess that's uh, probably the biggest change from the last Battlefront. Uh, I, I'm. This is probably a day one purchase for me. Um Single player, I'm very interested in because you get to play as the Empire, which I think is really cool. So you play as Aiden Aversio, who's a commander of Inferno Squad, an Imperial Special Force unit, um, equally lethal on the ground and in space. Encounter many of Star Wars' greatest characters in a story of revenge, betrayal, and redemption that spans 30 years. Uh, so so I think that sounds pretty cool uh, to be able to play as um, as the Empire I think is, is going to be an interesting way to handle that. Um, multiplayer stuff. You're going to have, they did not have anything from like Naboo or any of those movies in the last one, right? The last battlefront game. I don't think so. I I don't think they did. And that's, that's going to be included here. Um, so there's going to be stuff from all the movies. Ray is going to be one of the uh, the heroes in the multiplayer, which is really cool. Darth Maul is also going to be added. He, he's always been one of my favorite villains in the Star Wars um, movies. So I'm looking forward to playing as those two characters. Uh, there, it seems like, from what I can tell, they've really beefed up the uh, dogfighting spaceship portion of the game which is cool because i know last time people were a little disappointed with all that Um, it was terrible yeah yeah the control of the ships yeah i was really bad at it i I don't i thought it was just me but maybe maybe i'll just blame it on it being terrible (laughs) yeah it wasn't it wasn't good like a good controlling uh aircraft i guess for lack of a better word okay um what was the specific starfighter assault is, is one of the specific game modes in this a step in the cockpit of Yoda starfighter, Darth Maul's scimitar or other fleets of ships in multiplayer with objective based space battle, which sounds awesome to me. Um, I think that could be really cool as long as they improve the, uh, the handling as Dan was speaking to um, galactic assault, where you fight multiplayer battles and planets across the uh, different eras of star Wars. Um, I don't know. I, I probably didn't dislike the the prequels as much as everybody else did, so I'm kind of looking forward to all that stuff being included in it. Um, Kylo Ren, I think, is also going to be included in here, so a lot of neat stuff being added to it, and I think playing as the Empire in single player could be awesome. Are you guys interested in this one at all? Or I'm interested. I'm interested. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, my my main issue with. Uh... 
the recent Battlefront or the reboot or whatever you want to call it is that it just felt sort of empty to me. It's very yeah, I agree empty. with you. I agree uh, with you. And it looked nice, but there just wasn't much going on gameplay wise. Um, depth of everything. I, I don't know. It just felt very plain. You're, you're absolutely right, Corey. I mean, what I had going for it was the graphics and the sound. The sound yeah, was yep. fantastic. Uh, other than that, it would like you said, it just had no it had no soul to it. Right. I got bored in like half an hour of mm-hmm. playing it. I have high hopes for this one. I think it I think it'll be better. Um and to be honest with you, right now I I, I might not even mind a soulless game. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll be happy to admit that it's soulless, which is important. Right. Um the only other thing I'll, I'll say is there, that there's four classes that you can pick from. There's Officer, Specialist, Assault, and Heavy. So, different stuff there, too. So, cool. I, I'm, I'm excited for that one. Very nice. Also, on November 17th, Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Will, I know this one's you. What well, makes you say that, fact. Dan? That one's me, Dan. Oh. Oh. Eric found a new passion in Pokemon these last couple of weeks. Or a couple of weeks. Yeah, really reignited my passion. I'm surprised Corey didn't jump all over this one. <laughs> Corey hates Pokemon. I know he does. Jared. I like Pokemon. I just don't like playing Pokemon games. Corey and I are in the exact same boat. Uh-huh. I think Pokemon's cool. Well, Corey, do you like playing like the spinoffs like I do? I like never Snap? really. I never really played enough to say. Uh, I, I vaguely remember enjoying them, but I don't know. Just what was the most recent one I played diamond or something like that. And I'm like, wow, this is just like red and blue. Just looks nice. X, X and Y X and Y. Yeah. <laughs> Remember when I bought a two, two DS to play Pokemon yellow again <laughs> for about for two hours. <laughs> yep. Damn it. About how long I played X and Y you told me, Corey, you go, Eric, you're not going to play it. <laughs> I haven't touched it since then. Uh... Anyway, Any, back anyways, to <laughs> Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. These are kind of weird games um, that Nintendo announced, and I don't really know why they they decided to make a second version of the games they released last year. The only thing I can think of is money. Yeah, cash money. That's the only reason because so far, honestly, the only like features that they've like announced are new forms of Pokemon. So for example, there is a Pikachu that wears Ash's hat. It's adorable. And, and then there's a Pokemon in the new game called Rockruff. And if it evolves, I think it's either depending on the version you have or I can't remember if it's the time of the day or the version that you have, it evolves into the midday or midnight form. Um, and they added a third a third form called Dusk Form, um, so it's just like another another uh, evolution for Rockruff. Uh, and they added new Z moves for Pokemon, and like Z moves are like the super powerful attacks that they added into the game for like specific Pokemon. Um, so, other than that, I I have no clue why they announced the second versions because they did this with Black and White and Black and White Two. Um, but I think with that, they did a lot more with it than they've been showing so far for Sun and Moon. And we're not too far off from these games coming out, too, and we still don't have a whole whole awful much on it. In Pokemon Go, I've got a Pikachu with Ash's hat. Yeah, that's like a new thing they're really pushing. Is Yeah, I think you can see it. Oh my god, Dan. 
I have the Raichu with the Ashes hat. And then I've got... They all oh, if you evolve them, they keep the hat. Yep. Because I've got one with a party hat and two with Santa hats. <laughs> oh, you know what? No, my Raichu is the Santa hat. That's right. Okay. Not the Ashes hat. Yep. Good stuff. Yeah, like do, doing doing some like, you know, reading up on this game. There, really, even their website doesn't have too much. Um, the story is going to be different. Obviously, they'll change it up a little bit, or or that'd be kind of crazy if they didn't even change the story giving them too much credit there will <laughs> i don't know i don't know what they're gonna do there's a lot of rumors going around about them remaking the fourth generation and like the third version which is pokemon stars so there's like a lot of like rumors of what's going to be going on with, with pokemon but no one really knows for sure so yeah um but other than that just another version of Pokemon and I think it's also going to include all of the Pokemon that didn't include in Sun and Moon like uh, some of the past gen Pokemon that didn't like make it into the game Gotcha. Uh, I think they'll be in so you can actually complete the Pokedex instead of having to use the Pokebank nice but yeah that's really all there is for Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon sounds good Uh, also on November 17th The Sims 4 PS4 and Xbox One. Who's got The Sims 4? Oh, no. Eric? Oh. No. Uh, also, November, Vampire. Corey, is it, Vampire. Is it Vampire or is it Vampire? I don't know. I just... I figure the Y is there for a reason, so it's Vampire. Just to be... Just to be edgy. <laughs> don't you remember the Vampires from South Park? I do. Yeah, I do. <laughs> that's, so, that's part of it. Vampire... Vampire, whatever you want to call it, I cu- it caught my eye somewhere along the lines. Uh, but in doing the research, I'm like not really super excited about it. But something at some point triggered triggered my interest in the game. Uh, it's an action action role playing game from Don't Nod, which is the lovely studio that brought us Thumbstick Athletes 2015 Game of the Year. Life is strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also did Remember Me. Yep, which I really liked. Which Dan really liked. Uh, this game's coming out for. PC, PS4, and Xbox One. The setup is that you control a doctor in 1918 London, which is around the Spanish flu pandemic time period. Uh, This doctor has been turned into a vampire, and you have to reconcile your thirst for blood with the Hippocratic Oath, which is just saying that you have to do everything you can to help people that need help. So as part of that, there's a lot of investigation that goes on, a lot of conversations, uh, exploring, figuring things out. I, I guess um, this I don't think this was explicitly stated, but I guess the goal would be to target and kill people who are bad. So like a Dexter kind of thing going on there. It is open world gameplay, um, pretty standard role playing game stuff like skill trees. I mean, they talk about the fact that you don't need to kill anybody to get through the game, but I feel like that's kind of old hat at this point. Um, That doesn't excite me at all. But I also like the idea that you have to play by the vampire rules, so you can kill anyone in the game, but you have to. There's things like uh, you have to be invited in order to enter their home, which is a very traditional vampire rule. Um, But it also lit the game. It sounds like lives very much in that 
Van Helsing sort of mythology. There's factions of other vampires. There's werewolves, London aristocrats, even the time period and everything like that. So you kind of get a pretty good idea of the, the atmosphere of the game. Um, one thing that does interest me about it is that it is it is made mostly by people who made Life is Strange. So it'll be kind of interesting to see what from Life is Strange carries over into Vampire. Yeah. Chloe, I, I think it sounds cool. Interesting conversations. Teenage drama. Hopefully not much, right? <laughs> Hopefully. Uh, the game did win Game Critics Best RPG Award at E3, though. So did win a, a handful of other awards, too. So there's some hope for it. I'm, I, I'm just curious. It's just nice to see a new IP role-playing game. Agreed. I don't know, Corey, you just you just hated on it. Not really. I don't know. I th- I think this is going to be your new game. You hate? No, it can't be because it's new. It's new okay, it's a new thing. So we really have to build it up then. Yeah, but that's it. That's it for Vampire. Yeah. What are your other games, Corey? Uh, War Groove, which is a game I don't know if any of you guys have heard of. I've heard the name, but outside okay. of that, I don't know anything about it. So this game uh, is, is is slated for 2017. Who knows if it'll actually come out. It's a turn-based tactics game from Chucklefish for PC, Switch, and Xbox One. I think this is a perfect game for the Switch. It's a spiritual successor to Game Boy. the Game Boy Advance's uh, Advance Wars. I don't know if you guys remember Advance Wars. Oh, yeah. A tactical grid-based, like, large-scale combat uh, game. So they describe it as Advance Wars meets Fire Emblem. It has high-res pixel art, which I actually kind of like. Pixel art never really draws me to a game, but this high-res style does. Uh, I think it looks pretty cool. Depends on the pixel art. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's 12 different campaigns depending on the character that you choose, so a lot of replayability there. Does have local multiplayer and co-op. Uh, that's why I think it'll be a good a good Switch game. Also, a lot of function modding functionality and uh, campaign editor built into it. It's it's kind of hard to explain. If you're not familiar with Advance Wars, you probably don't know what I'm talking about. But it, it's just another uh, grid-based, turn-based strategy game. Um, as opposed to it, I think Advance Wars was like tanks and future warfare whereas uh this game there's like archers and i think that's where the the fire emblem aspect of it comes from it's it's set in a more medieval uh setting but looks pretty cool uh i'm into it i can't imagine it's a full price game and also if you're familiar with chucklefish games you kind of know what you're getting there so yeah definitely a good switch title Corey. yeah right with that yeah, I mean, I'm I'm playing it on PC, too, so... Well, at least I plan to. We'll see. And then the other game I have is Xenoblade Chronicles 2, which uh, I thought had a release date, but... Last time I heard it was I late. I thought it did, too. It, like, yeah, Q4. December 28th or something like that. Yeah, and I actually also had Nino Kuni 2. Uh, somewhere along oh, yeah. the lines, I missed that that slipped to 2018, January, so... Delayed. Dropped that. Uh, but yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles 2 RPG from Monolith Soft um, coming out for Switch. Switch exclusive. It's a sequel to the first Xenoblade Chronicles set in a new world with a new cast of characters, which is kind of confusing to me. How could it be a sequel if it's set in the same world or in a in a new world with a new cast of characters? 
but the setup is that Rex is the main protagonist, and he's got this buddy named Pyra. They're searching for Elysium, which is a human utopia. Uh, but like the past Xenoblade games, it's set in um, your, your humanity. What's left of humanity just exists on these two massive titans that just kind of sit in the water as stone structures. Uh, so maybe that's where the sequel portion comes in. I don't really know. One thing that pisses me off a little bit about this game, and maybe it's by necessity considering the Switch's capabilities, but the artist doing the character designs is all about that chibi anime style with the big eyes, and the which I really do not enjoy. Um, I'm with you on that. I, I find it kind of annoying, actually, but whatever. We'll see. There's really not too much more information about Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I, I did, I, in reading the Wikipedia, uh, it pointed out the quick development time for this game which I guess Monolith attributed to having uh, the source material set from the first two games, you know, that basis there, um, and then kind of growing from that. And they also had a contract with Nintendo to deliver this game, so it's sort of been planned and in the works uh, all along while the other two were, were being developed. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I would probably peg this one to slip, but who knows? They keep, Nintendo keeps saying it'll be out at the end of the year. So who knows? Yeah. Okay. Do you want to cover Nino Kuni? No, I didn't take notes on it cause it's not coming out. this. Far. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Coming out January, Dan. I know it kind of stinks at all. Well, I mean, I guess it's ultimately good, but a lot of games get pushed back and makes the early part of the year big game release time too yeah so okay i think that's everything right yeah little bits can we take a break i need uh it's it's quarter after 10 i'm already falling asleep i just need yeah. to get a quick pick me up you can take a quick break sorry yeah. ain't no thing get your shit together derail everything i'll be quick i'll be give me three and a half minutes okay uh yeah we'll take a quick break and be right back with nibble bits Welcome back, everyone, to 18 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. We are now in nibble bits. Nibble bits. Uh, I'll go first. I'll start for once. Uh, my first one is that no more single-player updates for Mass Effect Andromeda. So we're not going to get our Quarry and Arc DLC like I thought we would, which is unfortunate. Uh, they they kind of realized that, uh, or they kind of stated that they're shelving Mass Effect for now, and they'll they'll bring it out again later. They'll parade it out like a corpse. Oh, Did multiplayer is getting ongoing support, Dan. I don't care. Parade it out like a corpse. They're That's actually a great way to put that. Down. Yeah, there was an article today that said, "Yeah, it goes Mass Effect will come back when it's fresh and exciting again." Yeah, so never. So yeah, we're we're not seeing Mass Effect for a while. It's unfortunate. Oh, I don't um, know if you guys. Sorry, go ahead, Dan. Finish your thought. No, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I don't know if you guys still follow the No Man's Sky subreddit, the circle jerk that goes on on the No Man's Sky subreddit. But the like the top post this week on that subreddit was, thank you so much, Hello Games, for not doing this. And it was a link to the Mass Effect Andromeda article that Dan just talked about. How is that related in any way? Dan, it's a circle jerk. I'm telling you, man. They just love No Man's Sky? Oh, Yeah. They think Why? it's the greatest, and they're so happy with the support that the game has gotten. And well, how... that's fair. Well, well, I'll talk about it. Yeah. 
so yeah anyway yeah no nothing nothing single player wise for for mass effect andromeda yeah maybe we'll get our remastered they did say and they did say that the stories will continue in the comics and the novels so we'll probably get our quarry and arc story dan just not i no, i want it in my goddamn video games <laughs> me, me too buddy i'm with you books books i'm okay with i will never read a comic probably so i hate comics hate them they're fine i just don't have any interest uh moving on fear effect fear effect is getting remade i don't know if you guys remember fear effect no is that a game yeah i had fear effect for playstation way back in the day it was like a cel-shaded action game adventure game like i probably only played the first couple of hours of it uh it came out when other things came out but yeah it's getting a remake it's coming to xbox one ps4 and nintendo switch and pc in 2018 i recognize the box art yeah um yeah i mean it was it was fairly popular back when it came out in our day it came out in uh 2000 one praise among fans for its dark story, which took players into the crime worlds of Hong Kong with full motion video. There's a lot of boobs in all the pictures I see. Yeah, I mean, I, that's probably why I bought it at the time. <laughs> the good looking gals on there. I was 16, I guess. So, yeah, it makes sense. Right, right in that age. So, yeah, that's my noble bits. Corey, what do you got for noble bits? I actually did a pretty good job of uh, checking in on the news every day. Nice. So, actually, this one's a couple weeks old. I meant to to talk about it or tweet it last week, but I didn't. Uh, No Man's Sky players finally, quote-unquote, met up in game. So, I don't know if you guys remember when the game first came out. uh, Sean Murray talking about how how unlikely it will be that you'll ever see another player, but you can. Uh, And when those two players were on the same planet in the same place and couldn't see each other day one, that was sort of like the first indicator that things are not as they seem. Um, and they came up with excuses for year for the year uh, up until now. You know, oh, they're on different servers. Oh, this. Oh, that. I think that multiplayer was never part of the game from the get go. And they were just kind of using that. Oh, it's very unlikely as a as an excuse until uh, they could implement it at some point. But with their new Atlas Rising update. Um, shortly after the update, two players found each other. And they're calling the feature Joint Exploration. So when you are in the vicinity of up to 15 other players, you can voice chat with them and sort of coordinate your efforts. And then when somebody's next to you on the same planet or wherever, uh, they can see like an aura of you floating around. Uh, You can't see their influence on the world around them. You can like join build things or something like that i don't know it's it really didn't make much sense to me uh but it's not full like a multiplayer working with other players it's just seeing like a bubble with their name and you can voice chat with them but i might as well talk about no man's sky now because i took the maybe 20 minutes to install it get it booted up and probably lasted six minutes before i was <laughs> so like bored Nah. Yeah, I'm out. That's it. I don't know. I like I guess I didn't give it enough time to really try out the Atlas Rising stuff, but like seriously, within those first few minutes, I'm like I am just not. I went to a new planet and I'm like there is nothing interesting about this planet. I'm seeing all the same shit. Um 
and it did give me some prompts like, oh, do you want to follow this new quest line? Do this, this, and this. And I was like, yeah. And then like it gave me a waypoint, and then I was just like, nah, this is this is it. Had enough. I'm done. Six minutes. So I don't know. People seem to be happy with the updates, but I guess I didn't play enough to really, really critique them. It just didn't catch me enough right away, I guess. Maybe I should have started over. I think I did start over. No, I didn't. I I restarted. I probably should have started over. Uh, But part of the reason why I just deleted it after that was because I needed to make room for Guild Wars 2. So priorities, right? Yeah. Uh, I'll move on. Open world action RPG Biomutant leaked, uh, and then was talked a little bit more about at Gamescom this week. Uh, leaked for it via a German magazine. It's developed by a new studio called Experiment 101 and is being published by THQ Nordic. The new studio is headed by a gentlemanly Swede, I'm assuming, who worked on Mad Max and Just Cause 2. Post-apocalyptic Kung Fu Fable is what they're calling this game. So the lead character is an anthropomorphized red panda. Uh, The world itself is populated with a bunch of humanoid animals. It's like a lush version of Earth, I guess. Uh, You can customize your character with robotic attachments, mutations, and weapons. It is third person, and the combat consists of a mix between martial arts, guns, and melee. Nice. So it's kind of like a mix between Redwall, Rifts. It's like Redwall in the future. Yeah, Redwall and Rifts. Yeah, I like it. Exploration is a big part of the game. Uh, There's vehicles like air balloons, jet skis, mechs. So like different ways to traverse the game. Uh, The trailer looks pretty cool. I don't know if you guys saw any of the Gamescom footage. but uh, I, I forgot to watch it, but it sounded interesting to me. Yeah, comes out early 2018 for PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Then the big news. Well, one of the big pieces of news. Age of Empires 4 was announced. Uh, It's being developed by, excuse me, Relic Entertainment, who did Company of Heroes as their game to fame. Uh, Will be exclusive to Windows 10. We saw a teaser trailer that really didn't indicate much of anything about the game. Um, but in addition to that news, we also heard that we're getting remastered versions of Age of Empires 1, Age of Empires 2, and Age of Empires 3. So, looking forward to that. Uh, I would play all of those games again in a heartbeat. And I'm really curious, curious to see what they do with Age of Empires 4. Will? You know, it's funny. There was an AMA with Bill Gates, and some poor soul asked Bill Gates if we were ever going to get another Age of Empires, and he said he would look into it. And not only did he look into it, he gave us remastered of all of the first three. <laughs> yeah. Um, so regardless if he actually did anything about it, Bill Gates is now my favorite human being. All right. Champion it's, of men. It's funny, too. The, the person asked the question, like, when are we getting another Age of Empires? And Bill Gates' answer was, I'll look into it. How many empires do you need? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's like he gave us four empires. Yeah, we got them all. We got a new one and uh, three of them again. Take it. I am so excited for the new one. Um, Yeah. I've wanted a new Age of Empires for a really, really long time, and I didn't honestly think we would ever get it. I thought I was just going to slowly die because the RTS genre has not been, I don't know, well represented anymore. Like, I I mean, other than Relic and um, Creative Assembly, who really makes them? There's a few, uh, like, indies. 
their creative assembly, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's indie studios that do it, but, um, you know, none of them are going to take on some of the the RTS genres that we love. So StarCraft. I'm, play out with Blizzard. That's true. Um, I don't know. So, like, I was really excited to see it. I'm kind of curious what time period it'll take place in, if it's going to span all the way up until World War One. I. I don't know. Does Windows 10 exclusive mean it's on the Windows or Xbox store on PC? Okay. I don't think so. I, 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 I'm pretty sure, uh, just in the context of reading it, that it is just going to be PC Windows 10. Okay. I don't think it's a play anywhere title, if that's what you're asking. No, I don't mean right? play anywhere. I just mean, is it going to be on Steam is basically what I'm asking. Oh, uh, good question. Probably not. If they're saying it's exclusive to Windows 10, right? You'll be... <laughs> You'll be happy to know people are taking a stand that's a Windows 10 exclusive. I don't care that you can only play it on Windows 10. It's just I don't. I just, I just want it to be on Steam. Come on, guys. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. They're putting their games on Steam now, aren't they? Some of them. I don't know. I don't think this game's that close to coming out. So maybe by that point, they'll put it on Steam. Yeah. They'll abandon the Xbox game store. Yeah, or to just to get goodwill, they'll throw it on both. Well, I mean, let's just sales. That's why you would want to put it on Steam. Yeah, it's an easy sales and goodwill move to throw it on Steam. Yeah, let's stop being so freaking stubborn. Yep. Okay. Any else, Corey? Yeah, one more. Final Fantasy 15 for PC was announced. Yay! Yay! So I, I did wait for a good reason. Then. You did. Uh, also teased for the Switch, some sort of Switch version. It sounds like I don't it's, know that that's been confirmed. Yeah, it's it's going to be the iOS Android version. Oh, that's a bummer. Apparently, it's a good game from from what I re- re- read of people playing it. It seems to be a good game, and a fun yeah, so, game. But that's the version that's going on Switch, not the full, not the full version. Okay, and that's the third part of of this uh, nibble bit that the pocket edition for for mobile was announced, which sounds yeah. like it's also going to switch. Uh, and one other piece of of news related to Final Fantasy fifteen, the I was reading the there's an interview with the director of the game, and he was talking about how the dev development team was really surprised by the mixed reactions. That kind of hurt a little bit, you know. I felt bad for the guy. He's like, I, he he pretty much said that he thought they made a really awesome game and was surprised that there were people that had negative reactions. Well, there's always going to be someone that has a negative reaction, but were, were there a lot of neg- negative reactions? There was enough. Like, a lot of people had issue with the second half of the game. Uh, there was a part that a lot of people felt was kind of long and bloated, uh, which I totally disagree with, but um, maybe that's why it was our game of the year last year. So Sure. We did not really contribute to those negative reactions. Okay. That kind of surprises me that that uh, you know, because I thought it was an awesome game too. Like I, you know, I didn't expect. I don't know what there was that people wouldn't like other than the the bloated one chapter that. And and the worst the the critique I'll have for that is yeah, it was a little bit longer uh, compared to the rest of the sequences in the game, but still, it was like it really wasn't that bad. No, you know? it really wasn't. Anyway. I'll have you know Square Enix won't approve of your Final Fantasy 15 new mods on PC, but they're not going to stop you. So, Yeah. 
that came oh, out nude, today. Nude mods. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's uh, one part of the the news is uh, modding will be allowed. It'll be part of the game. I think so that's da- pretty cool. Dan, you'll be able to travel the uh, the Final Fantasy 15 world with the four bros naked. Four bros naked in the regalia. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Diddle, diddling each other <laughs> nude nude road tripping circle jerking about no man's sky <laughs> i'm down i'm in for that the regalia it sounds like the perfect car for that to take place in <laughs> yes it does okay uh that's it Corey. yeah will nibble bits uh yeah so i talked about one of the ones with ea uh and mass effect how it will come back when it's fresh and exciting but the other one is blizzard is overhauling overwatch's mercy with a new ultimate um this is only kind of interesting to me maybe dan maybe eric but um so you know how um mercy had the resurrect uh ultimate yeah so now they got rid of that as her ultimate and moved it to just a normal ability. And with that, she can only revive one person as opposed to the whole team. Uh, and oh. they made it so it had a really long, it has like a pretty long cooldown too. Um, I don't know what they mean by long cooldown, how long it'll actually be. But uh, so instead, the new all is where she becomes like a full Valkyrie and she can fly through the air um, without like, um, without any like falling down or anything like that. So kind of is a little too similar to um what's her name farah you remember farah she flies to the air shoots the yeah, rockets I was, I was a my mains were kind of farah and diva okay so yeah um and also like while she's in this the ultimate she'll be better at everything so like of course flying but her abilities have a longer range um she can resurrect people quicker does more healing and damage all that sort of thing um i kind of don't like that they got rid of that yeah i don't know i i actually like it because really your her ultimate is only is only valid if your team gets wiped out or a couple people on your team get wiped out get you know kind of close to each other so probably doesn't get used all that much if your team's doing well i guess i I guess yeah because i don't think mercy was really a used um healer i think everybody pretty much uses like lucio zenyatta or um uh anna yeah so i guess like i think they think it'll get her more play because she'll have more of a more of a use to use her ultimate in a team fight. Because for honestly, like your team, something has to go horribly wrong for Mercy to have to use her ultimate. Yeah. To res people, so it's it's a little uh, it's it's disconcerting too when it happens because you're like, oh crap, I'm dead, and then all of a sudden you're back into it, and a lot of times shit's going down and you just get wiped out again. At least I did because yeah. it was never very good. But true. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be interested to see how how it all plays out. Overwatch I like is, it. Overwatch is still a great game. Yeah, I wish I could play it more, but me too. Anywho, what else you got, Will? That's it for me. My I used mine in tandem with you and Corey. Okay, Eric, what do you got? I got one, Dan. Oh man, I was so happy when I saw this. Rocket League for Nintendo Switch is going to have Nintendo-themed cars. 
starting with Mario, Luigi, and Samus. Uh, and they nice. will be free at launch with the Nintendo Switch version of Rocket League. That's adorable. Uh, yeah, there will also be some uh, trails for your cars, as well as uh, other things like hats, a Mario hat for your car. Um, can't wait. We'll be purchasing yeah. again. Yep, I'm going to buy it too. No question. The Samus you... car is pretty uh, slick looking. Can you unlock these cars in the PC version? I don't think so, but I'm not positive about that. I think all the different versions have their own specific stuff that you can unlock. Yeah, like Xbox has um, Warthog. Warthog, yeah. As well as uh, I think there's a Gears of War car in there. I don't know what PlayStation has. It'd be cool if you could see that. Because I think if you're playing multi-platform, I don't think you can see what what the other people are using. But that would be cool if you could. I'll Although so- that, Sony's going to be the only one walled off. You'll, Nintendo, Xbox, and PC players can all play together and against each other. I think Sony so- will come around. Sony's, yeah, hopefully they do. I think it's not, it's not doing anyone any good for them to be a stick in the mud about it. I think they will just for Rocket League. Probably Rocket not anything League. else. Not even Minecraft? Yeah. Rocket League, the game that brings everybody together. Yeah. <laughs> Except Will. Yeah. I don't know what Will's issue is. He's kind of a jerk. <laughs> I kind of wish you played more, Will. Okay. Meh. I'm not opposed. I'll play with you. Let's play some. Yeah. It'll be fun. You have to catch me in the right mood. All right. I, I think what I think what really soured at me was when you and Eric wouldn't let me play with you guys pre-show. Because you suck? I think probably. Honestly. Why would we let you play? I think it was kind of payback for the Torchlight incident. Doesn't sound like us. No, (laughs) not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Jerks. Okay, Eric, how was your weeks? Let's hear hear about the move. Oh, my weeks. And everything Uh, else. My weeks were good. Uh, moving is the worst. I'm really yeah. happy that we paid for movers for this townhouse because that would have been absolutely miserable hauling all this shit up all these stairs. Uh, I felt really bad. It was it was a very awkward experience watching those poor bastards haul everything up there. Um, but they were good about it. I mean, that's their job, I guess. But I still yeah. felt bad for them. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're we're in our new house and uh, starting to get everything put away. Still, as you can see, still got some boxes here. I uh, got some stuff I need to hang up. And um, we got chairs yesterday for the dining room table. My father-in-law actually is making us a bench for one of the sides of the table, which is really cool. Nice. Um, yeah. Let's see. What else? Oh, we got our furniture tomorrow for my gaming room, which is upstairs. We get our couch tomorrow. In our bedroom set, so we will no longer be sleeping on the mattress on the floor as of tomorrow night, which is great. Um, uh, Yeah, I don't know. Not really too much else to talk about with the move. The house is great. I love it here. Uh, Are you completely moved in? Yeah, I mean, we have everything over here. Yeah. Yeah. I think the only thing we have left to bring over is like a couple, like a steam mop thing we're just trying to, to clean up the apartment a little bit before we leave uh, but uh gotcha. yeah all of our stuff is here the, actually my computer was the last thing to come over uh-huh. of the major stuff um 
mostly because I didn't have the internet set up yet. Yeah. yeah, I do now. So it's kind of, it's kind of useless without the internet, really. Yeah, um, but we've had visitors. Like her parents came down for a few days. Um, my sister in law was here with her two boys uh, this past week. That was the reason I wasn't on last week. Uh, plus, I didn't have a chair to sit in, so huh? so that that was kind of shitty. Um, yeah, so everything's been good. Um, on other fronts, we found out we're having a boy. Hey. Yeah. Uh, very exciting. Yeah, I was hoping for a boy. Didn't necessarily care, but, you know. Yeah. I was hoping for a boy for our first. Um, so that's awesome. Um, yeah, I, don't, I wish I had more to report to you after three weeks, but I've just been hauling boxes and going to work. Go into intricate detail on what it was like to move all yeah. those boxes. Yeah, no, I awful. know. It's miserable. I feel the same way about moving as you do. It's the yeah. worst. And we've just been like buying stuff on Amazon constantly. And it's just. Yeah. <sighs> that's a that's a fun part. But it also you bleed money. Oh, yeah. Move into place. Absolute hemorrhage money. Yep. But yeah, it's cool. Uh, well, we can talk about. The TV, Corey and I each purchased a, a TV, the same TV this week. Um, we originally, uh, behind me, if you're watching the live feed, there's a smaller TV that is up above the fireplace in the in the main living room. And we originally were not going to put a TV on this floor. Um, we were just going to have one on upstairs where my games are and then downstairs where my mom is. Um, but... We had this one here for the time being, and we, we decided we really liked having one on the main floor. So uh, I asked you guys what you thought about uh, you know, a TV, and we weren't really planning on buying one anytime soon, but that deal that, that you showed me was too good to pass up. So it's a uh, 55-inch TCL, TCL, right? Yep. Roku TV. Mm-hmm. So 400 bucks for that. Couldn't yeah. pass it up. Nor could Corey. It's a steal. Nor could my other friend. All three of us bought one. Um, so I'm going to mount that on the wall behind me there. Um, well, it's funny. Yeah. Dan Dan recommended it on like a Saturday or a Sunday, right? Yeah. And then there was a Kinja deal that I saw that Monday. And I'm like, yeah. this, is, this is divine intervention. I know. I said to my wife, I go, listen, I know you told me we, we weren't going to be getting a TV anytime soon. I said, but there's a really good deal today. I think we might want to look into this. So we bought it. Yeah, even I, even I was tempted to buy one, and we we don't need another TV in this house. We've got enough, so it was well, it, that's how good of a deal it was. Well, what was the price on it? Four hundred bucks. Oh well, I just buy one. Yeah, do it. Why not? I think they're still on sale for the that they same price. They were yesterday. I looked yeah. yesterday. That's crazy. Yeah. Clearing out inventory. I think it's around this time of year that TVs are generally their cheapest. Well, before football season starts yeah well i think it's more has to do with clearing out inventory for the new models and coincidentally that football season starting well then they would raise the prices dan no no they would everybody wants a new tv for football season yeah not but... to watch the shitty bills <laughs> <laughs> they're already a fucking mess oh i've heard a lot about them oh my god 18 years without the playoffs boys put it in the books Anyway, so it's, uh, wait, it's been it's been 18 since I made it, or this will this, this year will, will be have 18. Been the 18th year. Okay. 
Yeah. It's it's hard, man, when you've got the the Patriots in your division who Yeah. You know, yeah. they'll they'll win the division just about every year. Well, they're a sh- they're a sure lock this year, that's for sure. Yeah. The People Jets, are saying the Jets are in worse shape than the Bills are. <laughs> it, I was just signing Jay Cutler out of retirement. To oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> what a division. <laughs> Tom Brady must just be laughing. Yeah. I mean guy could laughing all the way could be playing until he's fifty three in that division. <laughs> laughing all the way to Super Bowl what Super Bowl fifty three? Is that what yeah, we're going around fifty two? Fifty? Eric, you saying that you wish Tom Brady would throw you a bone and retire was so funny. What an asshole. Like, <laughs> what more do you want? He should have just left after the last Super Bowl. Like, yeah. Great hey, comeback. Let Jimmy Garoppolo take over. Yeah. Let Please. Me enjoy a football season. <laughs> I'm getting old. You know? Have you ever enjoyed a football season? No, not, you know, not really, because the the year that I really got into football was the year the Music City Miracle happened. Okay. That was the last time the Bills made the playoffs. I'm so sorry. And they lost on that back, uh, forward forward pass. It was not a lateral. Absolutely not. And that was your last That's playoff last, memory? It's the last time they made the playoffs. Ugh. Drew Bledsoe. Hmm. Poor, poor. Uh, I feel bad for everybody, and that's a Bills fan, Eric. I'm sorry. All the Sabers looking this year. Looking all right. Uh, maybe better. pushing for a playoff spot. Maybe uh, they'll be pushing for the eighth seed. Yeah. <laughs> the eighth seed. <laughs> right. There you go, boys. Get in there. Uh, the thing that you got is everybody doesn't talk about how good Eichel is because he didn't play a full season last year, so everybody kind of forgot about how good he is. It was point per game when he came back, I think. Yeah, he'll yeah. throw up 80 to 90 points next year. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that's that's really it. Yeah, I don't, unfortunately, over these three weeks, I don't really have too much to offer. Mm-hmm. I did do something pretty cool, actually, uh, while my sister-in-law was down. We went and, uh, you guys ever go and explore some caverns? You ever done uh, that? How caverns? So. Have you been? Yeah. Is it cool? I was really young. Okay. Like well, we, middle school. We, we have a lot of caverns here in the Blue Ridge Mountains, and I went to one, uh, and it was awesome. Highly recommended if you're ever down here. There's some in Luray. The ones we went to, they're in this really like small place called the Grottoes. Um, it's probably about a half hour from me, but it was really cool. It was almost uh, two miles of caverns we went through. Um, just really interesting to see how that stuff forms and it's always 56 degrees there. No matter how hot or cold it is outside, it's always 56 degrees in there. It was just really nice. cool. Did you see uh, less stalagmites and stalactites? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of those. Learned about the shields. They form these, like, round shields. There was uh, ice, like, snow rocks. I can't remember what they call them, but, like, this snowy looking stuff forms and mm-hmm. i don't know they had their cool names they they call them rooms like you'd come out to this big opening and they call it a room and they had different names for them and they would point to all these cool like rock formations and uh, that would be why they named it uh a certain name like there was one they called like the the zoo 
and they would point out like certain rock formations would look like a buffalo or like a shark or something like that. It was it was really cool. Really enjoyed it. Highly recommend some caverns if you've never been. But yeah, that's probably the the coolest thing I did. Other okay. than find out I was having a boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Will, what do you got? Uh, really, honestly, nothing. Okay. Me Been too. Lazy. Me too. Nothing. Nothing to report. Corey. Uh, I'll just be quick here. Just some quick hitters. I tried the beefy potato Rito at Taco Bell. Oh, I did try that too. Oh, I tried that too. It's good, right? For a box. <laughs> it is. It is good. Absolutely. Nice. Delicious. Yeah. Uh, I also ordered my movie pass. Finally, oh, was okay. able to got through got through to their web server or whatever. So that's coming. I'm excited for that. Um, and then the solar eclipse was Monday. I don't know. Did you guys do anything for the solar eclipse? Oh, I, I looked I at it with my with my naked eyes. I did, did too. Yeah. How are you feeling? A little murky? No. Fine. Blind? I didn't stare at it. I just glanced up at it a couple times. You and our God Lord. Because <laughs> you guys see the pictures of. No. Trump looking up at the cliffs. Yeah. Did, you, did you also see that that was a legit story on CNN? Of course. Is it is it actually true? I just saw the headline. I didn't even. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Who even knows? Yeah, yeah I don't even know anymore. Unless I see things with my own eyes, uh, I don't. Don't believe it. a goddamn thing. <laughs> um. So uh, yeah, we actually I flexed out of work at one. Uh, we went up to Hamilton College. They were having an event, but it was just packed with first year students. Because that was their move-in day, and yeah. it was hell on earth. It sounds like it. Oh, oh god, god. I'd rather take so, a bullet than go to that. One of the reasons I wanted to go there is because they have uh, observation. What's the word I'm looking for? Deck. Telescope. Observatory. Observatory. Uh, so I was like, "Oh, that what a cool way to to look at it." And we got in line, waited about half an hour, and it hadn't moved at all. And people were coming in and out of the observatory room or whatever and i'm like well what the hell come to find out like all the college kids were just like budging in front of each other at the front of the line and they were just all going and the rest of us were just standing around like a bunch of assholes in the back (laughs) and uh you know crowds of people so i'm like screw that so we left and went to the library here in town which is right up the street from me uh walked right in there was a dude with the telescope there and right when it was almost my turn i heard a countdown and I was the next person in line. I asked the guy, I'm like, what are they counting down? He's like, oh, it's peak mag- magnitude. Come have a look. So I got to see it right when it was at peak magnitude for our area. Nice. Oh, it was like cool. that 70% coverage yeah. or something yep. like that. Uh, so that was pretty cool to look at through the telescope. And then they also had the, the glasses um, so we could kind of look on our own. And they were just yeah. handing them out to people. So that was, that was pretty cool. Um, I, yeah, that was my eclipse day. It made it, was, it made a cool... Uh ambiance outside yeah it was like dim and weird it was still yep. it was dim but like sunny it was pretty yeah. cool i'm looking forward so 2024 we get a full eclipse up here oh cool yeah so it's only seven more years it's actually not in not in utica where i am it's a little it's 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 like right through syracuse so i just have to go a little bit west to get 100 uh-huh. percent um but so does that mean that. it'll just be dark yeah it'll be like night for like two minutes That'll be cool. That's crazy. Yeah. You were pretty close to the the full path, weren't you, Eric? I have no idea. Charlottesville? No idea. I think it was North North Carolina. No, I was babysitting. I was off. I I just don't care, I guess. Mm. 
fair enough. I mean, it's nothing spectacular to look at. You know, it's just, I mean, it's I just, just a circle covered by another circle when yeah. you look at it, you know? It's, I like space and astronomy and things like that. I just, I don't know. Right. My nephews were here and we were just hanging out and I was like, eh, fuck, I don't give a shit. Yeah. But if it was completely dark out, that would be pretty cool. That is cool. Anything else, Corey? Nope. Okay. Uh, should we get right into what we played? Yep. All right. Again, I'll go first. I beat Mass Effect Andromeda. Nice. Thank you. Uh, good game. I really, really enjoyed the ending. It was yeah. uh, it was suitably epic after all the hours I spent into it. Uh, like like I said, it makes me sad that they're not planning on doing another one right away. But uh, honestly, I think they could they could you know revisit the drawing board for it. I think they could do a more focused uh, second Mass Effect Andromeda game and get away with it. I don't know how you feel about that, Corey. Yeah, absolutely. A little, little I mean, more focused. I, I enjoyed it, for sure. It was a good game, though. It's sad to see that story go, because I think, I mean, just reading, it sounds like they're not, they're not, if they, what they do will not revisit that, you know? Yeah. The Andromeda experience, or whatever it's called. Initiative. Andromeda Initiative, yeah. yeah. Um... See, so yeah, I beat that. I started near Automata. Um, what you think? I mean, it was it's awesome. All right. Absolutely awesome. Uh, so obviously there's you know the the reports of it not running well on PC. I didn't actually try it, uh, but there's a fan mod downloaded uh, that you download to fix like resolution issues. Uh, so I never tried it without, but. With the with the resolution fix that some some fan made, uh, it runs pretty well. Not a hundred percent well, but for the most part, I get between fifty five and sixty frames per second. With the occasional like when action gets really really heavy, it gets down to like the high forties. Uh, it's about as low as it goes. But uh, a couple crashes I had. I'm I'm still working on trying to figure out what caused the crashes. I uh, took the overclock off my graphics card so i'm gonna see if that helps it i got a solid like two hours in uh without a crash so uh but that game's amazing uh i absolutely love it the whole setup for the game is really interesting and it, one thing that it's hard to get a grasp on just from hearing it described to you is the way it changes viewpoints in the game and like yeah it sounds interesting but to see it in action to like when you're playing the game all of a sudden to have it go going you know from uh uh fully 3d brawler or whatever to going to like a side scrolling platformer uh it's, it's awesome it's pretty cool right yeah it, i don't know it's it's so cool when it does it when it just or switch it'll switch to top down too uh based on what you're doing i i freaking love that Mm-hmm. Um, and with it being a platinum game, it controls extraordinarily well. I love the combat system. If you played like Bayonetta, you probably have a good idea of what it's like. Um, but this one, with with in addition to that, if you hold down the right bumper, it'll shoot a uh, machine gun. Your your little robot guy will shoot shoot a machine gun at whatever uh, whatever you're fighting. Which you also have to aim in addition to the combat. So it's pretty cool. Probably put. Eh, five or six hours into it i just got i'm into the place where the it's like a carnival yeah i know that's a really cool area yeah 
Um, and the, at least when you walk in, the robots don't fight fight you. They don't start fighting you until you attack them first, which kind of makes me feel bad. But at the same time, you know, death tall robots. Meta. But you are one. I, I know. But yeah, it's a really good game. Really you treat like those. So you treat those robots with respect. And that's all I played. I think played a little Splatoon two. Nothing major. Still trying to get the hang of the motion controls. Not having much luck. So, Eric, what'd you play? Mm. Um. Well, I guess I'll start with Halo Reach, which I beat. Hey. hey. Yeah. Yeah. My nephew and I played through the whole thing. That's nice. awesome. Nice. My, my, my favorite Halo campaign. Ah, uh, you know, I don't really care for Halo. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. Uh, I don't really care to know what's going on. Uh, I, I, I've over the years have enjoyed the multiplayer very much. Uh-huh. Single player campaigns, I really could uh, leave or take. You know, it's not. Uh-huh. I, I don't know. I don't really get a lot of enjoyment out of them. Um, but it, it was, it was fun playing with my nephew but also very frustrating he's only eight uh so there was one particular spot that we were in where we just couldn't beat it and uh, i had to turn the difficulty down to easy because i was getting so frustrated dealing with that and dealing with his uh ability to play the game um so i put it on easy and just kind of cruised through the rest of it uh but nonetheless i did beat it and it's been a while since i beat a game so that was cool nice um Let's see what else. I said we played Gears of War 4 because all he wanted to do was shoot things. So I said, well, this is a good game to do that with. I said, do you want to start the story or do you just want to kill things? And he said he just wanted to kill things. So we played Horde Mode. Um, And Gears of War is obviously, it's not an easy shooter to get the hang of. It's much different than other ones. So I actually was pleasantly surprised with how good he did uh, with Uh Gears of War. We made it to the first boss. I uh, didn't end up beating the first boss, but we made it there and, uh, you know, with relative ease, I guess. Uh, but that's a lot of fun. Horde mode is a blast yeah. uh, to play. Ge- Gears of War, it's, it's a different shooter, which is sometimes a, a breath of fresh air, you know. Uh, I enjoyed playing that more than I did playing Halo Reach. Um, and the last thing we tried was Lara Croft and the Temple of Osiris, which has been out for a few years now, and I just hadn't had a chance to play it. Uh, that game is really fun. Um, my frustrations with it only stemmed from playing with an eight-year-old who didn't really know what he was doing, because uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of puzzles in it, and you have to, each of the characters, the different characters have different uh, abilities, uh, and you have to work together with your different abilities to uh you know, get through certain areas. Um, but once, you know, once we, once we, uh, I helped him along the way and figured things out. It was really fun. Uh, really well-made game. Puzzles are really cool. Uh, fighting is, is fun. There probably could be a little, I, I would like it more if it was like Diablo with, uh, more loot uh-huh. that would make it a little more interesting to me, but it, it was a really fun, just kind of screwing around, uh, doing puzzles kind of game. Good co-op, couch co-op game. Uh, but yeah, I think that's all I played. I'm excited to try the new Madden. It's getting really good reviews. Uh, I don't know if I'll touch the story mode or not. Um, but I'm interested to see. I, I guess there's a there's a mode in Ultimate Team 
where you can play with two other people. And it's kind of like the pro clubs that we do on FIFA, where you only control a certain position. Um, so I'm looking forward to trying that with Jeff uh-huh. and Showtime. But, yeah. That's what I had going on. Nice. Corey, what do you got? Oh, boy. Uh, I already talked about No Man's Sky. Um, booted up Guild Wars 2 uh-huh. after four years, maybe, I think was the last time I played it. Um, Dan was talking about installing it, and I was like, you know what? I'll do that, too, because I've been kind of in the mood for it. And I picked it up a lot more quickly than I thought. I returned to my level 80 Necromancer. Uh-huh. Um, got in a group with some guys that were just running around. Like, I when I booted it up, I was in this, the big city. What's that called? Um, Lion. Is it Lion's? Lion's Den. God, uh, yeah, that's what I want to say. But I'm Lion's Ark? Right. Lion's Ark, yeah. Lion's Ark, yeah. Lion's Ark. Uh, no idea what to do there. So I'm like, you know what? I'll just go to a zone. I'll just fast travel to some zone uh so i did and just found these guys that were walking around doing the the quest that just sort of pop up and you can do as a group um it's very simple and i said to the guys i was grouped with i'm like yeah this is my first time back in four years and they're like oh welcome hoping that they would kind of give me some insights but that didn't happen mm-hmm. um i think i need to join like a guild or something and just have some some guildies help me out we have know, a guild yeah me up. i'm You're still in it guild, Corey. how dare you Retainers of Doma. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, I don't really have much else to say. Like like I said, I picked it up really quick. It's, it's kind of good to be back. I think I'm going to want to get a mouse, though, if I'm going to play this anymore. I've been trying to get you to get a good mouse for oh, a very man, long time. I can attest to that. It's, yeah, time, it's time to bite the bullet and, and get something bigger than... that. Your mouse is about the size of an Oreo, isn't it? No. It's this old wired one. Oh man, look at that thing! It's like a That's seventy-nine a Buick. That's yeah. horrible. <laughs> my uh, my other mouse, Dan, the one you're talking about, is the mouse I use at work. Uh, oh, okay. That one, every time you left click, it clicks twice. Oh man, which is super annoying. So I use the I use the mouse pad on the my work laptop to press the left one, and I use the mouse to press the right one. Guy buys a new those... TV but can't get him to get a new mouse. <laughs> I was going to say, those things are cheap. I'm a cheapskate. You could get like a, a really good wireless Logitech, Logitech mouse for like 12 bucks. Well, work would get me. 12 bucks, Corey. If I took... Oh, yeah, you wouldn't even have to pay for it. You if just I took expense... two minutes to put it on the, the order sheet yeah. that they do every month. But ask me if I'm going to do that. <laughs> I'll suffer. I'll tell you what, send me the order sheet. I'll put it on there for you. (laughs) Okay, I'll send you the link. It's It's a Google Doc, yeah. Yeah. No, you can just log into the sheet. Oh, perfect. Put the most expensive one you can find on there. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was was really fun to play Guild Wars 2. The only other thing that really stood out to me was the music. So good. Music's awesome. I don't know. Nice touch. Uh, And then Diablo 3, which before I even... Before I even uh, reinstalled, I bought the Reaper of Souls expansion. Unsure of what that content entails. Will, maybe you can help me out with that. Yeah, the Reaper of Souls one. Yeah. That's the uh, the expansion to the base game, which added the fifth act and the character class Crusader. Okay. Uh, I got bombarded with messages to buy the new Necromancer class, which is like 15 bucks. Oh, yeah, you did. Like, 
Hell no. No, I didn't. What do I need that? No, for? no, no, no. I'm talking about you got you got bombarded. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty bad. Um, but I started doing a season character. Uh, also, I'm really unsure of how that works. I'm just sort of playing through the campaign normally. Uh, haven't gotten any of the season achievements yet, so I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Considering yeah. I just finished the first act and haven't gotten a single season achievement. I don't know how see that stuff all works with seasons because I've honestly never played a season Diablo three character. Okay. Uh, I just know it's like a ranking that like for like how well you're doing and like how it it's, ties into like leaderboards and stuff like that. And then when the season ends, your character is done. Yeah, it seems pretty cool. So what happens, I was actually reading a little bit about that side of it. So when you start a season character, you start from scratch. But after the end of the season, that character moves from a season character to your regular pool of characters. Oh, okay. Which I think is pretty cool. You don't lose all that, that, that progress. Uh, which is important because you get some pretty cool armor rewards, mm-hmm. um, depending on how many achievements you get for the season. Uh, you can unlock some really good armor and stuff. That's also unlockable in the game, but you know it's just it's a good way to kickstart like a awesome armor set or something. Yeah. So, uh, really good time playing that. Um, I did. So I was playing the campaign, and then I saw there was like an adventure mode or a different mode, which I think is probably where most of the season achievements come in, uh, where you can do bounties. So yeah. I did my first bounty, and I had to kill this one character. Uh, and when you do adventure mode, you can travel anywhere. The, all the waypoints are open. So my guy was almost, I think I'm level 28 or 29 or something like that. I picked a monk this time. Oh, okay. Uh, I went to this one place to kill this one guy for this bounty. And it was one of those ones where it was really easy. He wasn't doing enough damage to me, but I wasn't doing enough damage to him. So it was one of those like slow burns where it was just, <laughs> probably almost 10 minutes of me just holding the the left mouse button down on this guy while I slowly took his health down very slowly and then at the very like really close to to finishing him off uh I wasn't paying attention to my health and he ended up killing me so I was like nah that's it no more Diablo um I'll go back to it but at least for that session I was like no way why haven't you asked me to play I mentioned it to you I need to. I need a specific time when you're gonna play. I'll let you know. I'll start a new season character with you. Yeah, I, I'd do that. Keep an eye on him, Corey. If you guys are gonna play the mode where uh, permadeath, <laughs> keep an eye on him because he gets on that telephone of his and off he goes. I would. I would definitely do that. The hardcore mode. Uh, oh yeah. I think there's specific season achievements for that too. So that I game played ever my on sale on PC. I don't think it's ever been on sale. <laughs> God, I'd buy it and play with you if it did. Yeah, it's I fucking fun. love that game. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty well done. I've um, played that multiple times with different people. That doesn't often happen. Yeah, I do enjoy the monk class too, and their like dash ability or blink ability or whatever. That's what I was when I played. Yeah, you can like you can like skip stuff. Did you notice that when you played the monk? Yeah. Hmm. Is that like a glitch or is that like a known thing that people use to their advantage i don't i don't remember it was a long time ago is the way like the dungeons work you can be like up here up up high and you can see you know the platform down below but it's a roundabout long way to get there but with the monk you can just kind of blink down to it i've skipped so much stuff doing that cheater it's great fun okay yeah 
Diablo's Diablo three is good stuff. Much improved from the launch woes. Yeah, that was a kerfuffle. All right, Will, what'd you play? Uh, I honestly, the only thing that I played is Dynasty Warriors eight, uh, and I'm not really gonna talk too much about it because I've talked about it for like years at this point. So okay, uh, that's about the only thing that I played. All right. Let's move on to feedback, shall we? Yeah. Okay. Uh, The first one is from Alex, who says, Hey, guys, I'm loving the Game of Thrones recap at the end of the episodes. I work as a traveling histotechnologist, and I moved uh, moved to L.A. from Portland a couple weeks ago. Work has been so busy that I haven't had time to listen to the podcast. I went from working with 150 specimens a day to 2,000 specimens a day. Crazy overtime, too, which means more games for me. Still loving everything you talk about. Keep it up. Quick question. Uh, which game have you played in the past that you would love to play sequel? I would say Jet Force Gemini on the Nintendo 64. Um, I'll go first, Quick Sorry. one. Pokemon uh, Snap 2. Pokemon Snap 2? Yep. Um, I didn't know what a histotechnologist was, so I looked it up. It's a scientific discipline that studies organs and tissues of the body, including their preparation for viewing under a microscope. That's all. That sounds like an awesome job. But that's just me. Uh, what game would I love to play a sequel? Super Mario RPG. Why has there not been a Super Mario RPG 2? I know, I know, Paper Mario, Nintendo. but it's not the same. Well, you're, you're absolutely right, Eric, because of Nintendo. Yeah, but Dan... What? Think of that hype train when they finally announce it. Oh, I know. It'll be like the Nintendo store in New York when they when they announced uh, Metroid Metroid Prime 4. They're going to lose their freaking minds. Lose their shit. Will, That's what game one. do you think needs a sequel? Oh, man. Needs a sequel. Like, needs. Final needs Fantasy 15. 2. 15, 2. No, I actually read today that they're not doing a sequel to Final Fantasy. I know, that's a bummer. Uh, Needs a sequel. I don't really know off the top of my head something that needs it. Call of Duty World World at War 2. I know uh, that doesn't need it. (laughs) That just needs to be remastered. Yeah, that's fine. Ah, man. I'm trying to think of a game that needs it. Eric, what do you got? Oh, you said Pokemon oh, Snap too. Yeah. Corey, struggling here. I mean, I, I still would love a Final Fantasy VI sequel, for real. FF six two. Uh, does Kefka come back as as undead or something? No. No, Kefka's toast. How how about an alternate universe where General Leo doesn't die? Gestalt's not dead. There you Guess go. All. Ultros is the. <laughs> I played a game of Rocket League the other day with a guy whose name was Ultros. Uh-huh. And every time we scored, he'd get on the mic and go, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. Nice. Anything? Well, I'm trying to look at my Steam library and the games that I have around. Uh-huh. Super Mario RPG is a good pick. Um Hmm. Pyre. Pyre needs one. Pyre Deuce. Yeah. Yeah. 
That one's Al- uh file that one in the already needs a sequel. Alan Wake. No. You know I what's like- funny? You know, I, I googled uh, games that need a sequel, and on this list of fifteen, number ten is Super Mario RPG. Number eight is Pokemon Snap. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so we we nailed so two fun. of the top fifteen. Absolutely. Yeah. Fez is number one on this list. Fez. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Fez. I don't know. Stupid game. I like Fez, but I don't, I don't know if it's a sequel. Same here. Uh, a listener in the chat says Brute Force from the original Xbox needs a, needs a sequel. Wasn't there a Brute Force 2? Are you I'm calling up. Are you calling a listener a liar? No, but... Sounded like it. <laughs> brute I feel Force. like there was a Brute Force 2. Eternal Darkness? Cancelled. Oh, there you go. So there was it was in development. Yep. Mm. Yeah, I got nothing. Nothing. Okay. What about Oh never mind. So that was from <laughs> that was from Alex. I was gonna put an idea in your head, Corey, but I'm not going to. All right. This is from Tate, who says, what's up, broskies? Nice hearing your feedback last week about game co- game concepts you would all like to see come out sometime. I agree they need to come out with the new baseball game for Xbox One. Last good baseball games Xbox had were MVP baseball games back in 2005. So I'm almost finished Mass Effect 3. I've beaten Mass Effect, Mass Effect 2, and we'll finish Mass Effect 3 all since August 6th. You could say I'm obsessed. Anyways, I wanted to take talk about a frust- frustrating experience I had when fighting the human larva, larva reaper at the end of Mass Effect 2. I was in the middle of a battle getting pinned down by collectors and was trying to avoid getting wrecked by the electric blast the reaper was putting out there, and my damn controller batteries died. Oh. It wouldn't let me pause the game. So I sprinted to the next room only to find all my batteries were gone. Needless to say, I was really pissed off and had to redo that whole battle. So I'm wanting to hear if you guys have had any memorable times where you got really frustrated about something while playing a game and it ruined your game, kind of like this battery incident. Cooking Mama. Cooking Mama. Sorry. Go on. Okay. (laughs) My second question is I just bought Mass Effect Andromeda and I'm really excited to play it, but from everyone I've talked to, that played the original like me, they've all said Andromeda sucked. Do you think this no. is because they expected it to continue the storyline of the original games? Or is it a, is it a hate because the Andromeda series uh, is supposed to be a completely different game and story, and they just don't like that? I'm wondering because it felt because I felt the same way about the Halo games. I'm the biggest fan of the for the original Halo trilogy, and when Bungie handed it off to 343, seriously haven't even been able to play all the way through Halo 4 or 5. I don't think I ever will. This is the kind of feeling people get when playing Mass Effect and Drama. Thanks, guys. Keep kicking ass and taking names. Tate. It's the hive uh, mind, man. Gamers have a really Mass bad effect. hive mind. Yeah. Totally. Uh, guys, had any memorable times where you got really frustrated about something while playing a game and it ruined uh, ruined your game? Uh, yeah. Assassin's Creed 3. Uh, was so intensely frustrating that I not only stopped playing Assassin's Creed 3, swore off the Assassin's Creed franchise for a while, uh, but I also traded in my Xbox 360 just because I was so frustrated with that game. You did? I forgot you traded in. I, I rage quit hard for that. Rage quit the entire system. I rage quit my 360. Four so, in yeah. February, um, four in February, two years ago, uh, I sort of I questioned my purpose like as a human. 
at the end of that because I Where? started it late. I think I started it like two weeks in, uh, but got through my games pretty easily and was saving Super Mario Galaxy 2 for last. Was it Super Mario Galaxy 2? I think it was. Saving yeah. that for last because I thought I would have the most fun with that and it would be the easiest to get through. Uh, but I had some misinformation on the length of that game. So I didn't beat it until like, I think it was almost 1 a.m. after the midnight of the cutoff. Okay, so you didn't complete it. So I didn't complete it. And I was really bummed. Really bummed. What sure. game was that? Galaxy 2. Galaxy, Galaxy 2. 2. Okay. How was Galaxy 2, though? Great. Great game. Yeah, I've heard Just, good things. I never played it. Damn it. You know? Yeah. It's like, well, if I can't if I can't even succeed at this, <laughs> what what can, what am I going to succeed at? Something you supposedly love doing is so playing feel about Rocket League. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that that was an external uh depressor that that sort of frustrated me. Um it happens a lot like if I get if I'm playing games or something and I get some sort of stressful email from work or something like that, it, it tends to turn me off and my enjoyment immediately ends. Sure. So that happens sometimes. Okay. Will Eric frustrating? Uh no frustrating nothing. Times? Uh not any one thing I can point to, but my controller batteries often die right in the middle of playing Pro Clubs FIFA. Duh. Which is super annoying because we I can't pause it because I'm playing with other people. Um and I play the main striker position on our team the goal score so you know if we have the ball and we're moving it up the field and my controller dies and shits out there goes that so (laughs) then i gotta like scurry around luckily i I usually have a box of batteries right there so i'll swap them out pretty quick but you know by that point we've already lost the ball so you know yeah that's frustrating will uh Playing NHL 17, just in general. Um, I mean, I play my one friend, Evan, and I should know better at this point because I used to be the king of NHL. I'd win all the time. You know, life was great. Uh, And then he went unemployed for like a month. And he all he did was play online. And he like he learned he went into practice mode and learned the angle that you have to take on with the player to shoot the puck into the corner and practice that. And there's like a little thing where the goalie can't save it in that spot because it's just like, it's placed good enough that the goalie doesn't like register to try and make the save. And he mastered that. So now he scores hack source. He's basically cheating the physics of the game to score goals. And he's so good at it at this point that there's just no fun playing him. Um, and, like, he acts like he's really good. And there have been times where I literally almost punched him across his mouth. Um, <laughs> he's I not held... really good, though. He's just taking advantage it's an ex- of yeah. shitty it's an exploit. Uh, development. He would beg to differ. But <laughs> it's super frustrating. So I've pretty much sworn off that. Uh, I also swore off Modern Warfare 2 at one point, too. From... I used to have very bad video game rage. I don't really get it too much anymore, but... The online for that game just sent me over the edge, and I don't. I haven't played online since I swore it off for that game. Um, those are the two that came to my mind immediately. 
Okay. I don't think there's if there's others ones I'll say them, but gotcha. All right. Uh, his next question is about Mass Effect Andromeda. Really excited to play it. Uh, they all said it sucked. Do you think it's because they expected to continue storyline of the original games, or is it hate because Andromeda series is supposed to be a completely different game and story, and just don't like that? I think people like being right. So they default to the popular opinion because there's a lot of evidence out there supporting it. Yeah. But I think you should play it and you should not think about it and just yeah. take away what you can take away. I, I, I think was going to pretty good game. So, yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I, I can't guarantee you're going to like it, but I would try to go in it, into it with as 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 clear of a, a conscious conscience as you can try not to let any of what anyone else says way way too much on your on your thoughts of the game obviously some of that filters in but try to try to play as neutral as you can and and see what you think about it i i enjoyed it too um obviously it wasn't perfect and i didn't definitely didn't think it was as good as the first three mass effects but it was almost a different flavor of mass effect you know it wasn't even the same type of game as the first three uh, some similar control stuff, but you know, uh, the races and obviously it's in the same universe or yeah, same universe, different galaxy, I guess it's a little less serious. I mean, there's a, yeah. it's, it's a lot more optimistic too. Cause you're like, you play a pathfinder, like exploring yep. a new galaxy and, and the character expresses, you know, that ins- inspiring, uh, mentality, you know, yeah, definitely. It's, 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 it's a lot more fun, I think. Yep a little bit lighter yep definitely go into it uh as clear as you can though try not to don't listen to all the haters it does basically. have its faults one thing i'll suggest is to avoid the su- su- superfluous tasks don't bother don't waste your time yeah do the ones that are not too out of the way yeah follow the fun yep uh, okay so that was that was from tate Next one is from Idaho Jake, who says, This day in gaming history, Microsoft released Windows 95 with Minesweeper, and one of my favorite games, Bloody Roar 3, was released for PS2. FYI, give me the underrated game just for fun. Thanks, guys. Uh, and I'm the four-time champ of game giveaway. Nice. Yeah. Okay. That's impressive. Windows 95 throwing it back remember what do i remember windows 95 is that our first version of windows yes i think the compute when we bought the computer it had uh windows 3.1 on it and then your one of your friend's dad's Corey put windows 95 on it for us what a guy that was before we knew anything about computers yeah so yeah, Minesweeper. That's a good game. I, uh, Bloody Roar Three. I'm unfamiliar with. Yeah, I, I only know the name. I've never never played it. I never had a PS2 though. I had a PlayStation. I think the, maybe it was the first Bloody Roar on PlayStation, but it's I didn't like have it. That game. was the was that that was the animal fighting game, wasn't it? Looks like there's it's, animals in it. Yeah, it's just and I think it was just animals. I just saw a humanoid. Oh, oh, humans ruin everything are boring okay uh so let's do the game giveaway shall we oh yeah forgot about that three 
Maybe we can make Jake the five-time winner. Five-time champ. Special. Be special. So we've got Alex one, Tate two, Jake three. Yep. Uh, all of our handy-dandy random number generator. One through three, and the winner is number one, Alex. Alex. Congrats, ah. Mr. Alex. You get to choose between games one and 207. <laughs> First one up. 124. Overlord. Oh. Okay. Played some Overlord in my day. Corey, I've yeah, actually got a game to add to this, by the way. Hit it. Rainbow Six. Uh, what's the last one? This came Siege? Siege. Uh, I discovered I got a free copy of that with my headphones when I bought them. Oh, nice. I just found the ticket for it, so... Perfect. So the list has expanded from 207 to 208. Yeah. It's a good one, too. Rainbow Six Siege is fun. The next game up is 53, which is Game of Thrones, a Telltale game series. Oh. That's fitting. That's a good one. Uh, The next one up, 94. The Tale of Altenex. Yes. Never heard of that one. Finally, some junk. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, this wouldn't be a game giveaway without some real shit in it. 75. Mirror's Edge. Via Dan. Yep, that's a good one. Four. Oh, wait, that's five. One, two. Oh, that was four. Oh, no, that's four. Sorry, math is... Don't short change these great options here, Corey. Come on. Last one up is 103 Hammer Watch. Some good choices here. You got your work cut out for you, Alex. Even though your histotechnologizing has been taking up a lot of your time. I'm curious what somebody who sounds like he spent a lot of time in Portland thinks of L.A. Yeah, that's pretty different cities. I would be curious to hear uh yeah okay. so alex your choices are overlord good choice game of thrones telltale game series also good choice the tale of Altenex. i don't know anything about mirror's edge decent choice and hammer watch decent choice is mirror's edge on origin we should probably Pro- clarify probably yeah i know the originals on steam too so but well, maybe it's steam i don't know that's your code so yeah i'd look it up now but I'm not going to Oh, okay. and uh, didn't Jake say that he wanted? He let us know what game he wanted. The underrated game. The underrated one. So his choices were Cherry Tree High, Nuclear oh. Throne, Trying to Complete Story, Tiny and Big and Grandpa's Leftovers, and Kingdom New Lands Royal Edition. So it's Cherry Tree High, right? Yeah, easy. All right. Cherry Tree High it is. Yeah, Enjoy, Jake. There. It's the complete pack, Jake, so... Yeah, so you're getting the whole experience. In the whole story, at least. <laughs> I want Very a full trivial. report. Okay. In-depth review. That's, That's everything to that. Uh, so next week, depending if there's enough games to cover still, Fall Games Preview Part 2. Uh, miscellaneous, I guess we could call it, right? Yeah. Stuff that might come out this year, so stuff that might get bumped to next year. Uh, and then after the outro, me and Corey are going to do our Game of Thrones recap. 
So we have this week and then next week. Then we're done for who knows how long. Right? Forever. That's the last episode of the podcast. What? Oh, we're not talking about that yet? That we're, <laughs> that we're shuttering the podcast? Um, my bad. Closing the doors on all the uh, studios? I think we're in for a reboot. Turning the lights oh. off. Oh, like, reboot. Like that's reboot. a that's a good that's a good marketing uh, marketing term nowadays. Reboot. The grand I, reopening. Honestly, I can finally make the logo blue. Will you guys approve that? <laughs> Not till the reboot though. Yeah. <laughs> Four player co op is the new name. I think that is a Even podcast. Though, oh. That's probably well, why. That, it's not like we do very much four-player co-op either. Well, who are our rivals? Well, who are our rivals? Second opinion games. Is that who it was? Yeah. Let's yeah. go four, fourth opinion games. Okay. They ran their course, though. We outlasted them. Yeah. We're, we're still potting. Are they gone? It was player know. one, right? What? What? What was the name of it? Second opinion. Second opinion. Second opinion. Can't spell opinion. Second opinion games. Let's see. Here it is. 21st of August. Episode 301. Oh, Oh, they're still going. 274 views. Five star. Yeah, they're doing way better than us. Wow. All right. Far better. Wait, how many like Facebook better likes get... do they have? That's the real... Oh, 5,000. Shit. Ugh. Fucker. We need to reboot. I'm going to write a scathing review. Yeah, we need to, we need to reboot. They have a... They've got a couple one-star reviews. I wonder if I did that back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't start that war, because that's one we'll, we'll definitely lose. That's all right. What do we have to lose? I don't know. A, a bad iTunes review is uh, not good. Yeah, that's when we reboot. So yep. We'd have to not only reboot, rebrand. That's fine. Nah, I don't care. Start from scratch. We'll move Will's uh, little elementary school picture to the left side instead of the right side where it is now. I'll wear turtlenecks every episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Got big plans for the rebrand. I'll get a different color t-shirt. I like it. Yeah. Good ideas. All right. That'll do it for episode 318 of the Thumbstick Athletes podcast. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Eric. Well, Corey. Thanks for listening and get out of my basement. All right.
Welcome, everyone, to our Game of Thrones recap. Me and Corey like to do after the outro of every episode. So season seven, episode six was called Beyond the Wall. It was the longest episode of Game of Thrones to date. It was like an hour and 18 minutes or something like that. I know the episode, the actual episode length is a little different. They, I think they add in all the, like the intro and all the after stuff, but still an hour 18 is pretty significant, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the episode, uh, oh, I should say, I should thank my wife, too. She took extensive notes for this week's episode. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, which is very handy. She, uh, You can tell she's a doctorate student in college because these are these are some notes. <laughs> let me tell you. I, I always threaten to take notes during an episode, and then I just I just end up watching it, you know? Actually, this is the, this episode is one of the, actually, the only one I've watched twice this season so oh really okay yeah. so i at least watch every episode three times before we cover it i, I want to start doing that i keep saying i'm going to and then i just get home and play rocket league and forget about it <laughs> sure okay so uh it opens up on a map of dragonstone it kind of is panning across the map and up into the wall uh where it shows where the magnificent seven are marching north of the wall uh some good dialogue here yeah, uh, probably my favorite part of the episode was the dialogue between the different characters, of the Magnificent Seven, mm-hmm. uh, John and Gendry. Gendry was kind of complaining about being cold and how he'd never even seen snow, which is crazy to think about because a good portion of the show is taking place in snowy areas. But I mean, really, Gendry sp- spent his early years growing up in King's Landing and then he went to the Riverlands for a little while and then he went to Dragonstone and then back down to King's Landing. So, yeah, hadn't seen snow. Didn't need a hat, though. Didn't need. No, none of them wore hats. <laughs> weird. I mean, I know you got to see their faces easily, but yeah. Uh, so Tormund was in his element, said he could breathe again, uh, which was funny. Uh, said this house smelled like pig shit. <laughs> uh, even though he didn't go very far south, still smelled like smelled like pig shit. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't think Gendry's very smart. Because no one's smart, looks for the dead north of the wall. Uh, then John and Torment have a conversation about bending the knee, and Daenerys uh, said he John spent too much time with the Free Folk. Now he won't bend the knee. Uh, Gendry confronts the Brotherhood without banners, specifically uh, uh, Thoros of Mir, uh, complaining about his being sold basically to Melisandre in uh, Dragonstone, where he was held captive and. Uh, stripped down naked by a woman who was also naked. Um, the Hound obviously chimes in, tells Gendry to quit his whinging, which is funny. <laughs> that was a good line. Uh, it was good. Uh, and John and Jorah talk about Gior Mormont. Uh, John actually offers to give Longclaw back to Jorah, which I thought might happen when they when they got north of the wall and were chatting. Uh, but Jorah nice enough didn't didn't take it said i you know dishonor my family by my actions and i forfeited my right to carry this sword so you know give it to your keep it in your family give it to your kids you uh, think nice, uh, nice do you think there's some foreshadowing in that scene or do you think it's just a way to like sign off on long claw you know just to say <sighs> game of thrones has an incredible amount of foreshadowing it's almost like anything said there's probably some sort of foreshadowing in it, you know? Yeah. The problem is, is we're getting so close to the end with there only being seven episodes left in the entire series. I don't know how much foreshadowing they're doing at this point. Cause there's not a lot left, you know? Uh, 
that's when you say it like that that's insane seven episodes you're right that's it seven episodes i i realize that season eight is supposed to they're all supposed to be really long but still there's only seven episodes left so Mm. who knows um, on to Winterfell. So Arya is remin- reminiscing about uh, Ned watching her shooting arrows, um, and smiling on on his approval when she finally hit the hit the bullseye. Uh, it's like he knew that she belonged there, doing that instead of being a lady, like like Sansa was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she uses that opportunity to confront Sansa about the excuse me the note that uh, she had stolen from Littlefinger's chamber that said. Uh, it was the note Sansa wrote to Rob telling him to bend the knee to Joffrey uh, after Ned got arrested for um, treason. Yeah. Supposed treason. Anyway, um, Sansa didn't Sansa didn't realize Arya was there. Uh, Arya claimed Sansa didn't realize Arya was had seen like the whole scene up there. Uh, and Arya claimed Sansa betrayed the, the family. Um, Sansa says they should have been thinking think she should be thanking her for winning the battle of the bastards uh, obviously john lost and would have lost his life if it wasn't for the knights of the Vale riding north and uh and crushing ramsey ramsey's forces from behind uh but sans is also worried about what Arya's is going to do with the letter so Arya's is a little creepy nowadays i don't know all how right. you feel about that Corey. Go what's ahead. your thought dan is this uh is this all a game Arya's is playing I think so. Or do you think it's um, genuine? I think it is, but I don't know who they're trying to fool with it. Because I feel like if they if if Ari was supposed to be fooling Littlefinger into thinking that he is actually creating a divide between Ari and Sansa, that he would be somewhere lurking and seeing what's going on. Otherwise, we're just seeing what's going on between two characters who are by themselves. So it doesn't necessarily make as much sense to me. Mm. Okay. You know, I just feel like Littlefinger should be like peering around the side and being like, yeah, but is that too on the nose? It is. But like I said, otherwise, like it's just like like they're fooling us. The watcher, you know, good point. We want to be in on it. We don't want to be fooled. Right. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a lot of people uh, theorizing that this is just a big game that Arya is playing, but I'm not so sure. I'm really not. Oh, you think it's. It's legit there. She that little finger legitimately is creating a divide between the two. I think I think there's some uh, unfinished business between Arya and Sansa. Doesn't Arya say something along the lines of at, at some point looking up and seeing Joffrey and Cersei and Sansa? Yeah. During that murder yep. scene. Yep, during the Ned's execution. Ned's execution. So I think I think uh, she is pretty bitter, and there's a lot of evidence to support the fact that Sansa and Arya are not close. No, definitely not. Um, and I, I kind of agree with some of what Arya is saying here, and that you know Sansa really didn't. Yeah, she was a child, but she's Arya is also right that Arya probably wouldn't have done the same things that 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 because you know at that point Sansa was still trying to be the queen and and yeah. marry Joffrey. Uh, there's no way Arya would have gone for any of that stuff, you know, trying oh. to get Rob to come down and bend the knee uh, when when she knew full well it could have meant his death. Yeah. So. Yeah, I guess I'll give the cop out answer and say it's maybe a little bit of both. Like Arya is yeah. trying to probably prove prove something to Sansa simultaneously fooling Littlefinger. Yeah. 
Yeah, could be a little She's bit. She's got to be one step ahead of him. I mean, she had the training with the You'd faceless think. men. You'd think, yeah. Come on, she's like uh, assassin the whole game, number one. The whole game of lies thing too. She's yeah. good at sensing lies in people. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, back to North of the Wall, more Magnificent Seven stuff. Uh, so it's an interaction between Tormund and the Hound, where the Hound says he hates gingers, <laughs> which is funny. Uh, they discuss Tormund and, and the Hound discusses scars, uh, but Tormund says he's not really truly mean because he has sad eyes. Um, and then there's the whole dick and cock interaction, which is good. Um, and then they briefly discuss Brienne. Um, Tormund says he's got a lady waiting for him back in Winterfell. Of course. Uh, <laughs> uh, and they, upon his description of her, uh, the Hound realizes that it's Brienne of Tarth. Apparently he tweets stuff at the actress that plays Brienne. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, like I know that... That whole thing, at least initially, was just the actors uh, doing that. Yeah. And I don't know if it was written in... It's probably, at this point, written into the story, but it was it was initially uh, uh, free-formed, I guess. But he says he wants to make great big monster babies with her to take over the world, <laughs> which is funny. Um... And then Barrick and John have a discussion about. Uh, oh, first of all, that John doesn't look like his father, uh, which is true. Yeah. Well, he doesn't look like Rhaegar, obviously. No. Uh, but he also doesn't look like Ned. So he looks like Leanna. Yes, he does. Takes after his mama. His mama. Uh, there. Uh, John is still confused of what the Lord of Light wants, even though he's supposedly a servant of him, doesn't know what he wants. Um, but Barrick says that they're fighting for life and their their job, Barrick's, Barrick and John specifically, is to defend the lives of the others. So, uh, And then the Hound sees the mountain from the fire, the arrowhead that they the mountain that looks like an arrowhead. Um, on to Dragonstone, Tyrion and Danny. Um, so this is another another good conversation. Uh, it's nice to have some dialogue again. I feel like the other episodes, well, at least most of them, have been laid on the dialogue, but that's really what I like about Game of Thrones. Um, so she says she likes him because he isn't a hero. Uh, but Tyrion mentions that uh, John looks at her longingly, mm-hmm. setting up the setting up the. Uh, the romance, maybe. There's some romance uh, <laughs> in this one, Dan. I'll give it to yeah. you. He's a, uh, but she says he's a little too short for me. Which Tyrion's like, oh. Okay. <laughs> uh, but then they discuss like what's going to happen when they finally all get to King's Landing and, and interact with Cersei. Uh, so obviously they're going to set traps for each other. Um, fear is all Cersei has. Um, breaking the wheel, that sort of stuff. Um, Oh, he reveals that him and Jamie made some promises um, that the Lannister Jamie will keep the Lannister forces at bay if Danny doesn't do anything impulsive like she's known to do uh, with that Targaryen uh, anger and temper. Um, then Daenerys accuses uh, Tyrion of taking his family's side, uh, which he kind of he kind of is here, but it's only to get Daenerys to kind of see things from the Lannister perspective. Lannister perspective so she can uh, like he says uh, you know gauge their actions uh, plan for an action and 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 have a reaction so planning 
but the whole conversation is is kind of Tyrion trying to get Daenerys to uh, look to the future a little bit more than she currently is. She really only at this point has her head focused on winning the Iron Throne and not what comes after. Uh, she's obviously also put herself in dangerous situations where she could take a stray arrow or a stray spear or what have you and, and die. And then all of it's for nothing. So she snaps. She doesn't get happy. She, yeah, she's not happy when Tyrion mentions what's going to come after. So. Yeah. There's that. Thoughts on that scene, Corey? Um, I'm not really too sure, to be honest with you. I'm not sure what to make of all of that. I really don't know. I don't have any. I don't. I don't have any formulated thoughts on it, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty, uh, pretty straightforward. I thought. Yeah. You know? Uh, then moving back onto the <clears throat> magnificent seven north of the wall, um, they come across a dead polar bear. Uh, White Walker polar bear that attacks the group. Uh, Thoros gets attacked. Um, Jorah ends up killing it with by stabbing it with the dragonglass daggers. Uh, they kind of struggle with it, the, the group of them. And um, after it's kind of attacked Thoros and got him down on the ground and is, it looks like ripping his guts, uh, Jorah sneaks up and jabs it and kills it. Luckily, Jorah saved the day. Yeah, Jorah was was on point this episode. He was, unlike some other characters. Oh, okay, we'll have to find out who that is, unless you want to talk about it now. Oh, the like I just feel like the Hound screwed up a lot. Oh, John, well, sure. John screwed up. I mean, sure. <laughs> Tormund arguably screwed almost up. died. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, Thoros. Uh, Beric burns his wounds or cauterizes his wounds with the the flaming sword. Uh, the hound froze because the bear was on fire. So there's one of the hounds screw ups, Corey. Uh, oh, that's my first page of notes. Back at Winterfell, um, Sansa and and uh, Littlefinger, Slimeball, Littlefinger, my wife wrote, uh, discussing <laughs> Arya Arya having having the note uh this is the first time in a while sansa's even noticed Littlefinger. really she's kind of regarded him coldly uh and shortly short uh, she's short with him the entire season so this is another scene that makes me believe that she's also kind of trying to play Littlefinger because she's finally like listening to him for the first time mm-hmm. so uh but Littlefinger plants the idea that brianne would protect sansa from Arya which is important in an upcoming scene. Um, Back to the Magnificent Seven North of the Wall. Uh, Jorah and (laughs) Thoros have a conversation. Uh, Jorah mentions uh, how how awesome he thought it was that Thoros charged into the breach on Pike uh, with his flaming sword. Um, But Thoros was too drunk and didn't remember he had to have people tell him the next day that that's what he did. Yeah, Jorah Jorah says something (laughs) like, uh, I thought you were the bravest man I'd ever seen. Thoros is just like, I was just the drunkest. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, again, that's bringing it back. Like that's old. That's old. Hit, like history in the Game of Thrones universe. You know. Yeah. You've heard that a couple times mentioned in the in the throughout the series of of Thoros of Mir charging through the the breach on Pike, and uh, <laughs> you find out that nope, he wasn't actually <laughs> brave. Trashed. Just tra- trashed. Uh, good stuff. Yep. 
so here's where they spot a little group of walkers. Uh, they set up a, a little campfire around the around like next to a, I guess, a river um, to draw them over there. Uh, so the little group, it's probably about, I don't know, 10 whites and then a, a white walker. Uh, they ambush them and fight them all. John kills the white walker, which kills most of the whites, all but one um, leaves one still alive. So that's the one they decide to try and capture. Uh, and it's a, <laughs> it's an interesting scene of them trying to get it on the ground and, and, and subdued, mm-hmm. uh, Tormund ed- ends up tackling him or uh, doesn't he run up to him and punch him in the face or something to knock him over. And Tormund, then they all, pi- they all pile on him and, and tr- try yeah. and tie him up. Tormund, uh, also a great scene. Tormund gives him a, a haymaker and, and <laughs> lays him to the ground. And then the hound just puts his oppressive weight on top of him. And yeah, well, everybody else ties him down. Uh, so while that, while they're tying him down though, he, he screeches, uh, which is the white Walker alert and brings in the entire, uh, army of the dead, or at least a large portion of the uh, army of the dead. Uh, so our heroes round up the, the 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 walker that they captured, the white that they captured, and make a run for it. There's a, a opening through a canyon, a little canyon, I guess. They run out uh, onto a frozen lake and into a like a little island, little rocky island on the frozen lake. Luckily, the ice isn't strong enough uh, for the army to completely surround them. Um, and it collapses, and they all get put under the, put underneath the water, put underneath the ice, and the our heroes are safe for now until the ice refreezes. So the the army of the the dead can't get to them at that point, um, so they're at least temporarily safe, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, does this whole scene continue as one? I think so. I don't know okay. if there's any cuts. There's got to be one cut. Oh, Gendry before, gets sent back. Before, yeah, I was gonna say before that happens, they send they send Gendry back. Uh, him being the fastest, uh, all that rowing has given 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 him good cardio. So he runs back to to Eastwatch to send a, a raven to Daenerys to have her bring her dragons or to send for help. I guess they take his hammer first because that's just gonna slow him down. So um, he ends up uh, collapsing right outside. Right outside Eastwatch, and uh, they they take him in. It's reminiscent of the first marathon from uh, I can't remember what historical battle it is, but yeah, the guy, the message guy, runs the Pericles. Whole, is it Pericles? Hermes? No, that's not it. Hermes is a a god. Yeah, look up the first marathon runner. I'm, I'd be interested. I meant to look it up beforehand, and of course I didn't. So. Fedipides. Legendary runner of marathon. Fedipides. Yep. Ran to Athens with the news of the great victory his people had over the Persians at Marathon. It was 490 BC, and the distance he ran was about 26 miles. Okay, so not 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 exactly the same, but that's the impression that I got. I don't know if they, they drew from that historical parallel or not. <laughs> Could be. But, uh... Yeah, during that time, uh, they they spend a night out there. Uh, Thoros unfortunately doesn't make it. it. Must be a combination of his wounds and the cold. He he dies overnight. Um, if only they had some fire to burn him. They did. They burned. Yeah, them. I know. Wasn't that? Oh. 
I see that complaint because didn't somebody say like, where are we going to find some fire or the Lord of light should bless us with some fire. Oh yeah. Torment says that. And yeah. then uh, they light him on fire with uh Bar- Bar- flaming sword. Yeah. Um, oh, they have a conversation about uh, if it does come to a fight to go for the walkers. Cause that's going to give them their best chance. Cause of uh, what happened when they killed the other one that just immediately killed the, they figure that the walker that turned the the dead is the one who or are the ones that die, you know, if, the, if their walker dies. So mm-hmm. they make that plan uh, back at Winterfell. Um, Sansa gets an invite to King's Landing, uh, so she sends Brienne to go in her stead. Um, I mean, I think this is a smart move. Sansa doesn't need to go. Anytime a Stark goes south, it's bad news, too. So. Send Brienne. She also needs to stay there because she's the leader of the North right now with John being gone. So um, I didn't have a problem with her getting sent. Oh, what did you think about the previous scenes, Corey? The fight, the trapping of the walker. I forgot to ask you that. Um, I wondered why he didn't turn. Who? The rest of them. The, the one they captured. Oh, a lot of people figured that they do that for scouting groups. So if if oh, a group does die, yeah, so not all of them are killed if if the walker falls so that that last one can call for help. Interesting. Yeah, that's a good good point. I but wish yeah, I could I say that I came up with that, but I didn't. I read it. It's uh, I don't really have much other thoughts. Just some okay. good action. Yep. Winterfell. Nothing. Send in Brienne. Yep. Oh, yeah. No, no comments on that. Okay. Uh, back in Dragonstone, um, Daenerys is uh, suited up and ready to go north and rescue the the Magnificent Seven up north of the Wall. Tyrion is desperately trying to convince her to not do anything, uh, but Daenerys is tired of not doing anything. She's uh, she's ready to wade into the wade into the fray up north. So, how about uh, Tyrion though? Like some of those guys are his buds. I, yeah, I don't know. His, his whole plan seems to be just not do anything i don't know it's weird it is weird it's not Tyrion, man i mean i get i get he does i get daenerys is the most important person really at that point but still like you know like you said some of those guys are her buds and her most trusted advisors like she doesn't want to lose jorah again you know yeah i don't know even like Tyrion respects john too like yeah seems like there would be some and, sort know, of their military alliance, at the very yeah, their, yeah, their military alliance would be gone if John dies in the north. Like, exactly. there's no chance of that. Yeah, um, but yeah, she also looks awesome in her her outfit. Mm-hmm. Loved her fur coat. Somebody, uh, I don't know if you saw, I saw it on Reddit, but somebody did the did the math. Mm-hmm. Apparently, five days. Yeah, it's a, it, roughly five days that between when. Uh, they first get attacked and then when when they're you know marooned on the island and then by the time Daenerys can get up there. Gendry's, Tough to say exactly, but Gendry's half a day run, four days for the Raven, and then half a day for the dragon to get from Dragonstone to Okay. North of the wall. Yeah, I've seen the math done a few different ways, but yeah, roughly they they ultimately spent a few days. It has to do with the the ice freezing too, based on the temperature. The temperature right. wouldn't be too cold if if the the those guys weren't you know frozen to death right away. So yeah, 
Uh, back up north. So it is not now the Magnificent Six with the passing of Thoros of Mir. Rip, oh. Thoros of Mir. Rip. Um, so the Hound is, is clearly bored and he ends up, he's throwing rocks at, uh, at the White Walkers because why not? It's the Hound, you know? Uh-huh. Smart ass. It's childlike in some ways, you know? Yeah. He's an uh, so he w- throws a rock, hits one, calls him a dumb, you know what, his favorite favorite swear word. See you next Tuesday. Yep. <laughs> um, and then he throws a second one that doesn't quite make it as far, and the walkers at that point realize, oh, no, the ice is solid. We can, we can move. Uh, so they start closing in on the group. Um, they all do some feet and Tormund looks like he's going down for a little bit, but finally the hound comes and saves him. Uh, John realizes that they're surrounded. They kind of push up to the last little plateau on the little, little tiny Island that they're on and surrounded by thousands of, of undead. Um, they all kind of look around at each other. Great acting here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just as John's ready to leap into the fray again, uh, you hear the, the Daenerys theme and the dragons come and start lighting everything on fire, uh, burning up whites left and right. Um, Daenerys lands Drogon right, right there where the, the other people are and starts having them load up onto, uh, onto, onto Drogon. John fights off. Inst- he, he kind of covers the retreat here. Uh, instead of jumping right on the dragon, he, goes down to fight off the white, the straggler whites that are making their way towards Drogon that he didn't burn up or that didn't fall, fall down in the hole. So he's covering the retreat. Um, they get separated a little bit. Uh, and then you see the, the night King strolling off to the side with a spear and take aim. You see Viserion in the, uh, in the distance. And, uh, he takes a spear in the shoulder, crashes down, Sinks below the water. That's it. That's all she wrote. Rip the Syrian. Yeah. Uh, at that point, Rhaegal decides to piece the F out of there. You see him flying away right at that point. Um, uh, and then he's getting another spear ready as Drogon is is uh, right before Drogon starts to take off. So they they get out of there. John doesn't make it. He gets tackled by some whites and knocked underwater. So you think. John is gone. So Drogon takes off, uh, dodges the spear thrown by the, the night King luckily. And, uh, they leave John behind. Yep. Bye John. Yep. What'd you think of all this? Cool. cool. It was very cool. Very cool. Um, yeah, again, not too many. I mean, there's not a lot of subtext to these scenes. Just a lot I of had, cool. I had some action. Sub, I had some subtext here. I was surprised that Daenerys didn't lose her shit here. Seeing one of her children go down and just go at the Night King right then and there. Because that's what I would have done. Probably could have. I don't know. I don't know what would have happened, but I'm surprised she didn't. You know, yeah. Uh, You know, Drogon was right there. Just turn him around. I would. It would have been the situation like one of us is leaving here. It's going to be you or it's going to be me. Let's settle this here and now. Mm-hmm. But maybe some of Tyrion's advice on not being impulsive was was uh, ringing true at that point. So that could be. I don't know if maybe that's why they talked about that earlier. Maybe not doing anything impulsive. 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they 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 fly off. John gets on uh, out from the water, freezing. Obviously, he's uh, <laughs> you see in the distance uh, someone shambling along, and it looks like another white, but nope, it's John just limping and banged up and bruised and frozen. The White Walkers turn towards him. Uh, looks like he's going to get overrun, and Benjin comes out of nowhere and lights some whites on fire. Puts John on his horse, sends him off, and stands and fights, and obviously goes down. Doesn't last long. Now, I think he was ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> like the the like the guy said, he was kind of trapped in a purgatory up there. You know, that's a good point. Very lonely. Yep. But he so. served his purpose, saved a few Starks. Yeah, some people had a problem with that. It's the whole uh, Deus Ex Machina. But yeah, uh, I don't see it. And uh, yeah, like John, you know, being left behind was solely so that Benjamin could be Benjamin's story could come to an end, you know? Yeah. Well, and to serve any other purpose. Yeah, I I don't think it's unreasonable that because, you know, he was that's all he had to do up there was follow the army of the dead you know if he was hiding somewhere watching what was going on and was like oh crap there's john i better go help him you know that's what he would have done yeah it's not unreasonable to think he was hanging out around where they were yeah so tracking the army and whatnot it's i've also heard people thought maybe bran sent him with bran being the three-eyed raven now that could be because uh he had the three-eyed raven had sent Benjin to help before to get uh, Mira and Bran to see. I don't know. Him. The whole Bran thing, like, if, if Bran can't find a reason to tell Sansa and Arya that Littlefinger's messing with them, I'd have a hard time believing he's going to go through well, the effort to send he's focused Benjin on the Night- to go he's, save John. He's focused on the Night King and what's going on up there more so than politics in Winterfell, you know? Yeah, I guess the whole reason he is what he is is because of the Night King, not Littlefinger. Yeah, or he is the Night King. Keep seeing that thrown. There's, there's that. People think the Night King is uh, the Lord of Light, and he's manipulating events. Hmm. So, um, so yeah, back at Eastwatch, um. Daenerys is obviously distraught. John didn't make it. She's standing in one of the watchtowers, watching the woods, hoping John comes out. She's like, "Okay, I guess we better go." Uh, but then the horn from the Night's Watch sounds. Uh, it's the one blast, which means a ranger returning. The ranger being John on the back of Benjamin's horse. Um, they whisk him away uh, and onto the onto the ship, headed towards Dragonstone, and cut his clothes off. And you see his delicious glistening abs mm, yeah man <laughs> and his stab wounds Give me a um, nibble. and yeah he's he's unconscious probably a little bit hypo probably a lot hypothermic that's probably not uh not a situation you'd want to be in yeah uh back at winterfell sansa sneaking around in in Arya's room and goes underneath her bed and finds her bag of faces there's a couple of couple of faces in there one of them being walder Frey's. i don't know if you noticed that Corey. yep i did Walter notice Frey's that faces in there uh but then you look the camera kind of pans around and you see Arya standing in the background without hearing the door opening she was just silent as a silent as a tomb she's watching sansa 
they have a little discussion. They they play the game of lies here, actually, um, and have a little back and forth. Arya is kind of creepy here. I thought. Yeah, she she went a little far. She is definitely menacing a little, menacing Sansa a little bit. I don't know if she's trying to warn her here, uh, warn her to stay on the straight and narrow to you know keep supporting John and not not do things for yourself. I'm not not sure what her goal was mm-hmm. here, but she okay. kind of menaces Sansa with the the Valyrian steel dagger a little bit. Says, "I just need to take your face, and I can be you." Uh, but then she flips the knife to Sansa and hands her the handle and walks off. Here, this is what you'll use to kill Littlefinger with. That's what some people think. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's it's because we're kind of rewatching again. I think we're in the second season, maybe halfway through. It's kind of sad to see Littlefinger just be completely ineffective. Yeah. It's very yeah. sad. Uh, but I, like I said, I don't know if that's maybe by design. He's kind of painted himself into a corner, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, back to, back on the ship. It's John waking up, and Daenerys is sitting next to him. Uh, John is very, very sorry for uh, Viserion going down. Uh, it's a nice nice scene. Very uh, nice. You could see a little, uh, a lot of love connection between the two. Amelia Clark does some acting for once. <laughs> You don't think she's? I thought of this season of all, she was she's been on point. Uh, she's, been, she's been stone faced uh, a lot of times. Well, it was nice to see her break, you know, and and tear up and hold back her emotions and everything. There's, yeah, but I don't there's think there's some genuine uh, emotion acting going on there. Oh sure, <clears throat> definitely. But at the same time, I think she was stone faced for a purpose. I think. Oh, just, come on, you're giving him too much credit. I am not. Yes, you are. She no, she has to be the tough one all the time. I know, but there are scenes where she easily could have shown some sort of emotion. It could have been toughness, and I would have been happy. But it, a lot of times, it was just I don't know, Corey stoicism. She's not a very good actress. Come on, Dan. She plays a good Daenerys Targaryen. I thought. I think. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. So yeah, uh, at this point, John is. Uh, Offers to bend the knee. He can't literally bend the knee, but uh, he, I guess, kind of pledges his himself to Daenerys to be the to be the queen. When he calls her Danny, I was like, oh boy, here we go. Yeah, no, it was it was good. I was hoping for a little something, something, but nothing. Maybe next episode. Well, well somebody's got to die. I just want him to bang. I don't care if they end up together or not. They just need to bang. Why? It's weird. Yes, they need to bang. Weird. They don't know their aunt, their aunt and nephew. Weird. Uh, and then the very last scene of the episode is the Night King. Well, the Whites, I guess, dragging the the uh, Viserion out of the out of the pond with giant chains, chains which a lot of people had problems with. Whatever. Where did they get the chains? The that's Stupid. what's catching you up. Uh, well, yeah, that's just it. Yeah, come on, come on. Uh, but yeah, they 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 bring out Viserion. Uh, the the Night King walks up to him, puts his hand on his nose. It, you know, the camera pans to Viserion's eye and it opens up, and it's blue. So, the Night King has his own ice dragon now. Yes, he does. Un- undead dragon. That's where the episode ends. What do you think, Corey? 
I liked it. I thought this episode was really good. Uh, good interactions between the characters. Uh, yep. Good amount of action. A lot of breakthroughs. Um, yeah. You know, the the John and, and Daenerys scene at the end was really good. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm really, I'm just really excited to find out what happens in this last episode. Yeah. I, I also liked it. I didn't think it was one of the best uh, episode before the season finale. Like I felt, no. I I, th- I think Battle of the Bastards was better. I think oh, yeah. uh, Hard Home was better. Oh yeah, I think the uh, Blackwater was better. Um, oh yeah, uh, Reigns of Castamere was better. But it was a good episode. Yes, yeah, and it was. So uh, it was nice, nice to have the dialogue and interaction between the characters. Yeah, I've, I've missed. I mean, if we're ranking episodes this season, this for me is probably up there. You know, yeah, if not one, two, maybe three. I'd have to yep. go back and think about it, but. Yeah, I, especially after uh, episode five, which I thought was terrible. Um, right. It's good to good to get back to form here, and yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. So uh, next week we will be covering the finale season oh boy. finale. I know. Which I'll be watching on my new television set. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's gonna be glorious. Well, I kicked around the idea of renting or getting the pay-per-view fight for the new TV. Why? Oh, it's a good. It's expensive, isn't it? Plus, it's like a hundred bucks. But I mean, I would what? Have, I would have people over. Oh, I was gonna say I would never pay a hundred dollars for that. No, me neither. I probably wouldn't even pay five for it. I would pay ten. That would be my cutoff. I'd buy it and then probably not watch it. <laughs> I don't even know why I care so much. I don't know anything about MMA. I don't know anybody at all i know I, nothing about boxing i like the, boxing but i wouldn't pay for it the hype it, it's it's worked on me yeah okay um anyway. yeah good stuff i'm 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 also excited to see what happens next yeah uh they, luckily they don't do huge cliffhangers but this might be this the time that they do leave a cliffhanger because they're getting close you know we gotta wait till fall of 2018 right that's that's the estimate. So if if filming goes similar to how it was for s- this season, uh, it'll be like later, like September, October of 2018 when it'll be ready. So that's nice. not too bad. I don't want to wait into like summer of 2019. Right. It's a bit too long, but I like a little over a year is OK. Yeah. They're supposed to start filming this October. So cool. Yeah. So, yeah, um, that's everything for our Game of Thrones recap. We will see you next week.